welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast. We are your sports collectibles podcast. We talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 20. It is the weekend of May 22nd. One more weekend until Labor. No, no, Memorial Day. One more weekend until Memorial Day. I always get those two holidays mixed up. (laughs) Well, guys, you're listening to nationally ranked sports card podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of the program. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas, the guy that knows the most about TTM in the world. Drew, welcome. Thanks. I don't know about that, but uh, it's good to be here, though. So, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll allow it. <laughs> Drew, you're like the Jedi, Jedi master of TTM. That's why we have you on, because you know more about TTM than just about anyone that I know. So I'm thrilled to, to have you on. And I love tapping your brain each week and, and talking about what we love is collecting cards and TTM. And you're, you're an in-person uh, autograph guy and you're going to have to build a, an addition onto your house to get all your cards in because they keep accumulating. But uh, welcome, Drew. Why don't you let people know where they can find you on, uh, YouTube, on Instagram and YouTube and social media and all that fun stuff. Easiest spot to find me is if you go through my website, dfwgraffer.com, has links to my YouTube channel, which you can find at uh, youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. Just look for Drew's autographs. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and on Twitter, dfwgraffer on all those. And yeah, that's probably the easiest way to go about finding me. And guys, follow Drew because Drew is a renaissance man. He just he, he doesn't just to- post about baseball and TTM. He, he to- posts about uh the world the life the world and music and all sorts of stuff so follow drew on uh all social media he's very interesting um drew why don't you let people know about our radio show we got some big news about the radio show we've been holding out yes we do we mentioned i think we made a mention of it a couple weeks ago but just kind of in passing but we are now expanding out on uh sports collectors club that's the name of our show you can find us at sportscollectorsclub.com Part of the Sports Map Radio Network. If you don't have a Sports Map affiliate in your town, they're in about 100 towns. Uh, we're, we're on 100 affiliates of theirs nationwide. But if you don't have one close to you, you can find the Sports Map Radio app on the uh, app stores on Google and Apple. Download it there, listen to us live. But we are now expanding out. We're not only going to be on Sundays at 7 a.m. Eastern, we're going to be on Saturdays as well, looking at, I believe, 10 o'clock Eastern time. So, uh, and be on twice, two days each weekend now, from uh, two shows on Sunday to now shows on both Saturday and Sunday. So check us out if you can, Sports Map Radio, and we are Sports Collectors Club. Yeah, and guys, we are uh, just, they're repeating our shows. We, there's, there's not two different shows. Drew, Drew and I have kind of a life, but <laughs> we probably could do two shows because we have all sorts of content, but we save a lot of our good content for for this show for our, our podcast but guys we will be on saturdays our show will be on at 10 a.m to uh, 11 a.m eastern time and then they're going to repeat it on sundays at 7 to 8 a.m and i think maybe even they'll continue our 10 to 11 a.m 
on Sundays as well, but I haven't been able to confirm that. But uh, Sports Map Radio Network, you can go to sportsmapradio.com for all the information. And go to sportscollectorsclub.com. That's where all our shows, we post all our shows after they've aired, uh, if you want to listen to any of the old shows. All right, Drew, this is an oops, right? We, yeah. uh, I don't know who, who messed up. It was us or our our, our hosts here, our, our our Zoom media host, but we got uh, had problems getting the, the show that we recorded last week uh, and drew did it it was probably drew's best job show of the whole uh time he's been on it and and now no one will ever hear it drew we're very sorry so we had to run i had to run solo last week without you because i didn't didn't want to bother you to record another show it's hard to recreate a masterpiece as i say as they say so drew i'm apologizing for for our, our technical difficulties uh, but uh you know drew's back and better than ever and Guys, you know, sorry you missed it because you missed a great uh, Drew Pelto last week. He he got an A plus plus last week, but he's gonna he's gonna deliver an, another great show this week, right, Drew? Exactly. I've got all my. I was able to kind of re uh, reconstruct all my notes from last week from whatever I could remember from. And I think I've got everything covered here on my little side note sheet here. So yeah, we'll we'll get it all in there. You won't miss anything. Just a little delayed. See, I th- he taught he promises. Drew delivers. Well, guys, uh. <laughs> We had a big week. I actually on Wednesday I went to uh, George Pep's Card Store, which is in Quincy, Massachusetts, and I filmed uh, a segment for the Cards Life, the TV show, uh, it, with um, Matt Strom. Matt Strom interviewed me on TTM. I brought a bunch of my TTMs, and we we talked TTM. So uh, they're gonna edit it down to a, a usable uh, whatever time. It's been a nice nice segment on the Cards Life, which is a a fabulous show. They're gonna be starting their second season. Uh, and the, my show, the Boston show, will air on June 15th across the Bally's Sports Network all across the country and will be on uh, Nesson here in New England. And uh, I think like 30 days after that, it's available on YouTube. They put it up on YouTube as well. So if you, you don't see it on TV, you'll be able to see it on YouTube uh, probably mid-July. Mid, uh, but we're, it was really fun uh, to talk to Matt. Matt's a, a major league pitcher, obviously pitches for the Red Sox. We've had him on the show. And we talked TTMing, which w- was, was really fun. Some of the, you know, they didn't know a lot about TTMing. So we, we talked about that. Drew was in Dallas, so he couldn't, couldn't make the, the interview. <laughs> But we do have, we got some, uh, Drew signed some stuff for me. So we're going to be giving away some uh, so, some uh, Matt, stu- Matt Strom stuff that he signed for me that we'll, we'll, give, we'll give those away in, in future shows. But it was really fun. Drew, you had a big week uh, in person autographing. I did, yeah. Over the last uh, couple of weeks, I've gotten out to two games. I'm actually, uh, when this gets posted online, I'll probably be at another game because I've got one coming up on Sunday. But uh, Back on May 8th, I was able to go for Frisco and the Frisco Rough Riders and the uh, Arkansas Travelers, double-A teams for the Rangers and the Mariners. Had a great outing there. I mean, for the uh, over on the Arkansas side, I got their number three prospect, uh, Emerson Hancock, on a card. Nice. MLB number, MLB number 78 prospect there as well. But uh, also uh, their number 11 prospect, Zach Deloach, and number 29 prospect, uh, Stephen Kolek, both on photos. Plus a few cards each from Braden Shipley, Colin Cowgill, and uh, Sean O'Malley. Those uh, latter two, of course, are coaches on the team. Shipley's been up in the majors a little bit here, and they're down double A right now, but kind of bouncing around there a bit. Uh, after the game, went outside for the Rough Riders players, and that's where I finally was able to get Jack Leiter out there. Of course, uh, Leiter is a big of- kid, right? He's a, he's a big kid, isn't he? Not really that huge. No, I mean, uh, for uh, usually a lot of pitchers these days, they seem to be going for the really big guys, and now he's, I mean, Built similar to his father, where he's, you know, not like some, you know, kind of huge overpowering figure or anything like that, but uh, 
definitely a guy who, I mean, he's able to still rocket it up there to 97 there at times and really light up the radar gun, but uh, definitely has some things to work on still before he hits the majors, but I uh, like watching him pitch there, but Rangers number one prospect, number 15 in all of MLB and the number three uh, right-handed pitching prospect in Major League Baseball right now, so really happy to finally get him. Funny story, uh, one of his teachers in high school is a freshman history teacher was one of my be- was one of my best friends in high school. So uh, I mentioned on Facebook, oh yeah, I get to see Jack Leiter pitch. And so uh, Luan's like, oh yeah, hey, I uh, taught him and uh, taught him as a freshman. I'm like, wait, whoa, hold on a second. So I got to name drop him with uh, Leiter. He thought that was hilarious. I went to school with one of his uh, with one of his former teachers. But yeah, yeah I, so I'm so I, when he was uh, uh, when they were drafting, I I was hoping that he was going to slip to five because the Red Sox had the pick because mm-hmm. I re- I think he's going to be a, a fabulous fabulous pro i think he's uh he's got a he's got everything yeah he's got to work on uh, his uh, stuff out of the stretch a bit he's definitely overthrowing when he's got runners on base that costs him a bit but if he can get that figured out get that you know landing point release point figured out yeah he'll be pretty good i think so yeah it's only 18 and 19 years old i mean you got that nowadays especially baseball they they rush these kids you want you want to let them uh, percolate and, and refine and you know pitch so many pitches or so many innings so that they when they do get to the major leagues they, they know how to pitch and they're not just throwing you know yeah and I mean he skipped rookie ball low a and high a he made his pro debut as a double a pitcher which I yeah. mean pushing him a bit but we'll see I think he could be up to it but I know, you other, know the uh, Rangers aren't that good and they're building for the future exactly. but they just spent a lot of money on all <laughs> Seager and, and Semyon and all these guys. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know how long the fans are going to hold out uh, and be patient. We're, I mean, you're right. You're right in the backyard. Are they, do they understand the, the Rangers aren't going to be good for a couple of years? I don't know because Rangers really don't have that many fans. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I went there, Dallas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which is, which is too bad because the, the ballpark is beautiful and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it looks like a great place is that they were talking about it. Um, the other day I was watching the game and they, and they say it's really a pitcher's park, which I was surprised. Yeah. Um, I've only got, I've seen a few games out there, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I like it. I like the fact they finally have it domed and air conditioned, but they should have done that when they built the one in 1994 originally, because yep. I mean, there's no sense in tearing down, you know, only a what 30, not even 30 year old stadium or renovating it or whatever the, whatever they've done with it. They're using it for other stuff, but yeah, it's um, I think it was a kind of a waste. I think it still lacks its own identity as just a ballpark and everything, but it's what they should have done originally. So it's like, good. They finally corrected that mistake, but yeah. Um, I haven't really gotten a chance to really check out the metrics there to see pitchers park, hitters park, whatever, but that'd be interesting if it is a uh, more of a pitchers park, because of course, you know, the old one was, it was a, a bit of a hitter's pad. park, and then yeah, it was, a, it was well started out as a bit of a hitter's park, then became an even bigger one when they did some internal renovations and stuff. So, yeah, definitely a bit of a change, but I mean, I think it's probably a good idea for them so they can actually get the pitching they need because no pitcher wants to come in and pitch in an absolute launching pad. So, no, I know. Well, guys, we have a fantastic show for you. I know I say it every week, but. Uh, I just love love uh, the content that we have for you guys this week. We spoke with uh, Ray Schulte. Ray is Director of Communications for the National. So we're going to talk everything national with Ray. Um, also, there's a show coming up in Toronto that they, he's helping promote. So we're going to talk. We'll talk a little about that. And uh, it's, a, it's a really fun interview with Ray. He's a great guy, a great M, uh, ambassador for the hobby. And then uh, I have a, a collector's corner. I got to talk with collector Nick Andrews. Nick's a, a local guy. He, he lives here in Massachusetts. And I didn't even realize it. I, I follow him on uh, Instagram. And he is collecting the 1986 Fleer basketball set signed 
which is huge. It's it is 132 cards in it, but you know half of them are friggin' uh, Hall of Famers or, or superstars. So Nick has done a, a yeoman's work, and uh, we talked to Nick about it, his goal to get the 1986 Flair basketball set. Uh, autographed and of course that's the one with michael jordan's rookie card which is you know that's like a twenty thousand dollar card or something plus yep. to get to get autographs so we'll talk to nick coming up next week we're going to talk kicking that's right kicking guys i have uh, talked with rich carlos now you're gonna from the he played for the denver broncos and the minnesota vikings and the detroit lions uh for 10 years and you're going to be like well how can you talk kicking with a guy well Rich was really interesting. He was a, a, a really interesting interview. And uh, we will have Rich Carlos next week. But this week we have uh, Ray Schulte and Nick Andrews. We have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. Baker's Dozen, going to give you a rundown of all the big news in the hobby from the past week. Making the grade, talking card grading and any updates we have from the uh, big grading companies out there. Stamp approval. We're just going to talk about anything that comes to mind that we want to give our thumbs up to from the previous week. The Vern Rap Minute covering any deaths in the world of celebrity sports and politics. And of course, the reason why you're all here, RTTM returns. And guys, reach out to us. We love getting emails. You have questions about TTMing, autograph, music, food. We don't really care because we're into it all. As I said, Drew's a renaissance man. He he can talk anything with anybody. You guys got questions. We can, we'll, we're, we're here to answer and help you. Uh, so send it to our uh, text line, which is 978-729-0662. I'll read that once, once again, 978-729-0662. You can find that on our website, which is ttmcast.com or on our podcast website, or uh, you can just reach out to us on social media if you can't, can't remember it. And how do they email us, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. TTMcast at yahoo.com, guys. Send us your emails. Send us your questions. I know we have a lot of new listeners. We really appreciate it. All the guys that have been with us since day one, we're, Drew and I are going to, we were just talking about what we're going to uh, do at the National. We're finalizing our plans at the National. If you're going to the National, send us an email. Let us know. We're going to have a, a listener meetup uh, probably Thursday as we, at a location to be announced later. <laughs> so you can meet drew and i and and have a beer with us and and uh and drew, drew will even sign anything he'll sign anything you got his <laughs> autographs gonna be worth a lot of money so uh give you a chance to meet drew and myself at the national but as i said we got a we got a lot of stuff to talk about and we're gonna get right into it with baker's dozen baker's dozen sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Well, Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. And Drew, before we get into Baker's Dozen, I say this every week, it's like 
doing the radio show, it's like driving a, a Corvette or a Lamborghini and we're going a hundred million miles an hour and we're just, we're, we're flying. And this is kind of like, I don't know, just like a stroll in the park. You know, we just have to, we can kind of stop or relax and go back and forth and, and talk. And that's why we love the, the podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Guys, please check out my articles on CTM and autograph tips. Uh, and Drew contributes to that as well. It's on Sports Collectors Daily every week. Uh, it usually gets posted on uh, Monday or, or Tuesday at the latest. Um, and it's a fun uh, article to write. I review some of my returns. We give some tips. We talk about what's going on in the hobby. We review what's going on in our uh, podcast. And it's just a, it's a, a cool little article. So make sure you check it out at sportsluckthisdaily.com. If you have any suggestions for content you'd like to see me uh, talk about or write about, just send it to me at ttmcast.yahoo.com and, and we'll do the best to help you out. Uh, on come on, some, We have some auction news to report. This one was kind of cool for me. Um, a one of two PSA 10 1979 Burp Lilevin cards. So when I see 1979, that was like right in the key of when I was collecting. And to see a card that got sold for $7,877 with all those sevens, which is kind of cool. Two things about it. There was, there was one, one, of the, one of two PSA 10s. One of them sold in last March for $1,200. So it, that's a, over a 500% increase in a year or a year and, year and a couple months to $7,877. So guys, if you, you know, you're, even your, your, your late 70s and, and even to 80, early 80s cards, they have some value out there and uh, you know, it's nice to see, don't you think Drew? It definitely is. And I mean, especially for like something like that, it's a 1979, which I mean, okay, he was what a pirate that year and they won the world series that year, yeah. but it's not like it's his rookie card or something like that either. That's just, you know, kind of a random mid career card. So it's just amazing that you never know what kind of little gems out like that might be out there. Yep. Uh, Heritage had some uh, big news from their spring auction results. Uh, at the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle card at a PSA 8, that is his rookie card, of course, came out before the famous Tops card of him from 52, but PSA 8 from 51 in the Bowman set, $468,000, the final price tag on that, so approaching half a million dollars right there. Uh, they also did have the 52 Tops version there, a uh, SGC 6.5 was the grade on that, nearly a quarter million, $228,000 was the final sale price on that one. And a uh, keep it on keep it on the theme of the uh, famous Yankees there a 1971 tops Thurman Munson that is his rookie card right there or actually no it's a second year card he's in that card, yeah. as well but it was his first solo card it was the first ever action shot that tops used on a card and it is a PSA nine with those black borders that is tough to find a PSA nine there's only four of them out there with that grade that one came up a dollar short of hitting the $200,000 mark, $199,999, the final sale price on that one. So big stuff there from uh, that auction. And yeah, big, uh, I mean, Yankees, of course, are always big sellers and you just saw three of them right there. Can you see some guy's wife just sitting there at the computer saying, honey, you're not spending over $200,000 for a card. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yep. No dear, of course so that's kind of cool well um our friends at uh, lana sports and droppingdimes.org which obviously raise money for a aba players um, because they have no pension they're not covered by the nba pension they have a cool thing they have a, a signature signature series what they're doing is getting the aba cards aba balls i'm sorry which is the exact 
a copy of the ball the ABA used those beautiful red, white, and blue balls. Well, they this is their second in their series, and uh, they have a, a ball. You can get a ball autographed by George McGinnis, who was a great ABA star and also played in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers, and he was a great player. Um, and you can get the, the ball for $200, and the money goes to DroppingDimes.org. So go to uh, LanaSports.com. If you're an ABA fan or a basketball fan, it's a great gift. If you know anyone that is uh, uh, into basketball, it, it's it's a really beautiful piece, and uh, $200 for uh, a really nice ball. The balls alone, I think, go for $100 or $150 or something. So uh, it's really a, a nice thing, and the money goes to a good cause. It goes to helping ABA players and droppingdimes.org. And it's one of my favorite um, causes out there. I, I was a big fan of the ABA growing up. And I think they're, they're doing great, uh, great work helping out the former players. Got some uh, news on a great article that's out there. I think it was ESPN had it this week by Ryan Hockersmith. Uh, there's a story that came out a few months ago during spring training about this 11 year old kid named Elijah Blankenberg. And Elijah was a card collector, little league player, super excited to go out and uh, get autographs in person for the first time in a spring training game, put all his cards in a binder, got a couple of them signed by his favorite players, including uh, DJ LeMayhew. And uh, as he was walking back to his seat at somewhere along the line, dropped his binder, lost it, totally gone. Nobody's been able to report it as having found it or anything like that. Don't know if somebody just, you know, picked up and ran off with it or what happened, but there's, uh, like I said, that uh, surfing Ryan Hockersmith came out as uh, the collectibles world, and especially the autograph hobbyists out there, have really taken charge and sent Elijah a whole bunch of stuff to really, you know, make up his, uh, for what he lost out there, really even expand on his collection. And so Hockersmith detailed that story. Some of the collectors who sent stuff to him, the kid got, I think it was like a 1968 Yankees team signed ball from a collector out there to uh, help out his collection there. Really great story. So go and check it out on ESPN.com. Um, I've actually... I know one of the groups I'm in on Facebook mentioned that, yeah, they're, uh, if you want to send anything his way, they posted a P.O. box address, I believe, for him. So we'll see if we can find that as well. But definitely check out the article. It's a really great read. Definitely yeah, we've had Ryan set. on the show before, and he is uh, he, his, his stuff is really class, top, top notch. He, he always finds great stories and, and really does it, does it justice. And this is a great story. So check it out. It's on ESPN.com. ESPN does they do cover what's going on in the hobby, but obviously not as much as some of the, as the other ones, but Ryan is, is kind of their, their hobby guy and uh, check it out. It's a, it's a really great article. This one uh, files on files under, uh, are you freaking kidding me? What will you, <laughs> what will you thinking? Right. So I'm sure you guys might've heard of this. This guy, his name's guy's name is Jack Sanford. He was the third round pick of the New York Yankees in 2019 he went to Western Kentucky. He is there in their third. He was a 35th rated pro prospect. He had uh, about 285, 16 homers, 61 RBIs. He's, I believe he has a first Bowman card out there. Well, anyway, they released him and they released him. Why? Because he was stealing equipment and scamming collectors. Imagine that the kid had all this potential, right? He was going to make mint because I'm sure he he it sounded like he had enough to make the major leagues. Whether he was going to be a a ten year veteran and an all star, we don't know. But he also obviously had some talent to be taken in the third round, and he had he was putting up pretty big numbers, pretty good numbers in, in uh, single A. He's only he's only been playing for uh, a couple of years, but to friggin' steal your teammates' equipment and to scam collectors. So he what he was doing is he was selling this stuff. And then he was taking the money and not sending the stuff out to the collectors. How stupid is that? 
it's shades of Ruben Rivera from about 20 years ago. Cause if I remember right, he stole like a Derek Jeter glove and sold it or something like that. But yeah, like you said, he's got a card out there. So, I mean, TTM it at your own risk, obviously. But, wow. That's uh, yeah. It'll be, it'll, it'll be put up on eBay three days later. Yep. But they, it's real. I don't know. It's just people are different, I guess. And there's not, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me of why this kid would do this. Uh, you know, there's also there's stories out there. You can go learn about it. His name's Jake, Jake Stanford, um, and he is no longer playing baseball. And he he might be working at McDonald's for all we know, because he's that's that's hard to you know he he he's got the scarlet letter on him now. Because you know anyone in sports knows who this kid is, and they're not going to give him a shot. Got some uh, new national news here on uh, autograph signers. Of course, tickets are going on sale May 26th for the autographs. So make sure you're ready for those. If there's anybody that you want to get there, they're going to have those up and available here during this week. Uh, added to the list, we have basketball Hall of Famers, Bill Walton and Walt Frazier, baseball Hall of Famer, Jim Tomey. Also one of the stars of the Sandlot, Hamilton Porter, the great Hambino, Patrick Renna is going to be on the list there as well. And added to the VIP list of signers is former Giants wide receiver Stephen Baker. He had a touchdown in Super Bowl 25. The National, of course, is July 27th through 31st out in Atlantic City. Jeff and I, as we mentioned before, we're going to be out there. We'll meet up with as many of you as we can. NSCCshow.com is the site to find out any kind of information you need about the National. Yeah, and remember, tick, our autograph tickets go on sale May 26th, which is Wednesday, this, this Wednesday. And we have, we have Ray Schulte on to talk a little about it and – uh, Drew and I, if you haven't been to the national, it is a, a mob scene and, and especially the ticket, the autograph end of it. So I highly recommend purchasing your tickets for your, for the autographs, uh, prior to, to the show, prior to going to Atlantic city, but, um, you know, do, do what you may, because the getting Atlanta, uh, getting autographs in the, uh, at the national, it, it can be, uh, take a lot, a long time if you don't, you don't know how to uh, maneuver in and out of it so if there's somebody you want for at the national for autographs check it out it's ncncccshow.com and it's uh and tristar is the one that's putting all the autographs on this this um this kind of news this is news that i really enjoy um i i started following this guy when he was playing uh for the um manchester fisher cats in new hampshire and i saw him play uh many times uh he was a third at the third baseman you know on the day they won the championship the eastern league championship that year and of course i'm talking about vladdy guerrero jr well he signed an exclusive partnership deal with tops and he's providing all sorts of game used materials uh helmets hats uniforms uh, exclusive uh, signatures uh which is a, a great deal uh for tops a great deal for, for vladdy and a great deal for the hobby because uh, he is uh very magnetic and, and a, a real uh, and a great player and a, seems like a, a very friendly kid i know in the minors he was he was always uh friendly and he was always signing and i've seen a lot of stuff of him signing at the ballparks as well so uh I, i'm glad things are working out for vladdy you know obviously his dad was a hall of famer but boy the kid can hit he's a he's a good player definitely is he's uh, i've never gotten him at all but i got to see his dad play a lot and his dad was a tough signature early on in his career, but everything I've seen, he kind of softened up later on. He's actually done a couple of signings with the Rangers here because he, you know, finished his career with them. So good to see that he's following in his footsteps, both on the field and seems like off the field as well. And I'm excited to see what Tops has in store for him. 
Yeah, I saw it. Uh, Vladdy Senior, they had a, uh, an Expo signing, former Expo signing, and he was involved in that as well. So it's really cool. A couple of uh, some show news to let you know about. And again, we have we have um, Ray Schulte on, and he's one of the ones that's, that's helping promote this show. We're, we're talking about the Sports Card Expo in Toronto. So if you're in Canada or if you're up in the uh, Buffalo area, it's June 2nd to the 5th. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Yarmy Yeager, Curtis Joseph, Bob Ganey, Pete, Pete Mahovlich. I mean, a bunch of other hockey guys will be there. I just saw Brad Park's going to be there. Um, go to ch- check it out at Sports Card Expo Toronto. Dot com. Also, Drew, I know this this weekend uh, is the Dallas show. Are you gonna have you head to the Dallas show? I'm not. I'm taking this weekend off. All my money right now is going toward the stuff for the national because hitting 20 games there on the, during that trip, it's like I've got a lot of cards I need to buy for getting autographed. So uh, better not spend anything extra until that point. And yeah, yeah I mean, my I'm... wife's looking at me like with this look of yeah, you better not spend anything. I'm like, <laughs> all right, yep, yep, that's yeah. Okay. I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to kind of hang in low too as well. So yep, yep. trying to save my money for the national guys. We have some new, new releases to let you know about. We, I, there's always new releases and I saw a, a break of this. It's a really nice product. It's a 2022 top Sterling baseball. There's only two packs in the, the box, one card in each pack. It's a real high end product. You get one autograph uh, numbered to 25 or less and you get one auto or one of one relic or auto. Uh, and they're, they're pretty good. I, I've seen, I saw a case break of them. Uh, I think they opened like 12 or 24 boxes. And I would say two thirds of them were, were, were pretty good. Now they're going for 950 to a thousand dollars. So it is a, it is a high end thing. And uh, you know, this is one of those ones where maybe you just, you could also go in and find the car, the, the team or the player that you collect and, and spend four or $500 and just get that one card. But you know, you want to take a shot at a break or you want to, you know, you get an extra thousand dollars lying around you, there's worse, there's worse things to buy than this. And I thought, uh, you know, they're really nice looking cards. Tops did a great job on it. So 2022 top Sterling baseball just came out 950 bucks. For those of you who uh, don't have that kind of money, just sitting around like uh, hi, me right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, me a, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got a 2022 Topps Gypsy Queen baseball has just hit the shelves on Friday, the 20th. Um, you've got 24 packs, eight cards per pack in a hobby box. And uh, out of that, you're going to get two autos and two chromes in each box. Runs you about 150 for a hobby box. And if you're even more of a budget collector like me, they are doing blasters of those as well. A seven pack blaster box looks like it's going to run you about $25. So always a fun set right there. It's always good for uh, getting autographed. You don't have to do any prep work on it and everything. And right in my wheelhouse in terms of cost. So definitely check that one out if you're like me. True. We should do some, I don't know why we haven't done this before. We should get these guys, the guys at Tops and Panini and in and the and upper deck, they should be sending us car, uh, boxes to review. So we definitely. review the boxes. You know what I mean? I think that yep. should be, that that should be written. We should be right on the top of their list. We're, we are influencers and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can let yeah. people know about the cards. So Maybe we'll maybe we'll bring that up in a couple of weeks when we talk talk to so and so from so and so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, one other release. This is a real high end release. This is a 2021-22 Panini Impeccable Basketball is coming out on the 25th of May. You get one pack of nine cards. You get five autos, five autos, which is great. One metal insert and three base or parallel. Going for da 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 twenty two hundred bucks. They have these nice cards. I'm sure they're beautiful but if i went to my wife and said honey i'm spending twenty two hundred dollars on a box of cards 
I think she'd have my bags packed and sitting out on the driveway in about a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, twenty two hundred dollars for cards. Great. You can double that and get a divorce attorney as well. Then. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. But I'm sure they're great cards. And if you, you're in that tax bracket, check it out. It's coming out on the 25th. 2021-22 Panini Impeccable Basketball. Um, this year's basketball class is really good. It's a really strong class, I think. So um, I'm sure you, you're going to get a lot of great cards in there. Um, but that wraps up releases for the week. And we're going to say, come on, uh, manufacturers. Why don't you get a little more in the Drew, Drew Pelto and Jeff Baker range of the $25 hobby boxes. But, uh, you know, we, we, we know there's a market out there for the, the big guys as well. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. We're going to have we have a, a segment that I run every once in a while. I'm calling it Collector's Corner, where we talk to uh, collectors, uh, TTM collectors, autograph collectors, uh, baseball card collectors, sports card collectors. This week, I got a chance to talk with Nick Andrews. Nick is collecting the 1986 Flair basketball set. Um, I recorded this probably about, I don't know, a week and a half ago, maybe. And um, so Nick mentioned, I think he was down to, six cards he needed for for the set uh all autographed and i think he actually picked up two i think i saw i saw her yesterday uh, on a post on instagram so uh he might he he'll mention six cards but i think he's down to four now but it's a really fun interview nick's a, a, a boston cell i didn't even realize when i when i reached out to him that he's a um new england guy boston guy he's a celtics uh, season ticket holder and uh really into cards so um enjoy my interview with nick andrews Joining us on the TTM Cast Hotline is Nick Andrews. Nick is collecting the 1986 Flair basketball set. No, that's nothing. Everyone can collect that, right? Well, Nick is trying to get them all autographed, which is unbelievable. It's a, a huge project. And we're going to talk to Nick about his project in, in the 1986 Flair set. So welcome to the program, Nick. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to be on. This is uh, pretty cool. Thank you. Welcome, Nick. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you did decide to just get the, send the cards out and get them autographed and then get the set, or did you have the set and decide, to, oh, I'm, I should get these autographed? I did a trade with someone and got the set of raw cards and was like, well, what do I do with these? This is kind of boring. And <laughs> I figured I got really into uh, TTM during COVID um, just because I have uh, season tickets to the Celtics. I couldn't go anymore, and I was used to getting things signed, and um, I just decided to see how many I could get signed, you know, through the mail. And then it all kind of snowballed from there. Well, Nick is on Instagram at 1986 Flair NBA. You can, he chronicles all the, uh, his successes in, uh, his, uh, collection of 1986 Flair uh, cards. Um, how long have you been doing TTM since COVID you said? Well, I mean, I did it as a kid, right? Like, like way back in the day, I'd send to players. I thought it was so cool. I mean, I got like Carl Malone and Tim Hardaway, like old school guys, you know, went dormant for like 20 years. And then I've got a son who's seven. And during COVID, we just thought it'd be cool. You know, he he likes, you know, players, obviously take a picture with the card and send it. And we were doing just a lot of modern stuff, you know, like reaching out to the teams and sending there. And um, it was really cool. Like we were getting a lot of fun stuff back. And then, uh, you know, I decided to kind of tackle something a lot more difficult, you know, this this set. How long has the project been going on? I know you said you picked up the, the set first. How long has the project been going on? I got the set in December. And I think I actually got my first. I went for Kareem because he's easy and he signs and it's simple. Um, so late January, I started with Kareem. He was the first one. So it's only been about four months, not even. 
and you really accumulate all of them, you only have what seven or eight that you need to complete the set. I am down to five now. Five, it's congratulations! Crazy. Yeah, it's going fast. Thank you. It's um, you know, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of networking, finding some old school TTM guys that are kind of willing to part with stuff, um, especially the deceased guys. I mean, that's been the hardest. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going great. Warp speed. So, who have you gotten TTM out of the set? There's 132 cards in the set. What percentage Man. of them have you gotten TTM? I would say I've got 40% of them through TTM. Um, some of the more difficult ones that I know people are have trouble with, I've got World Be Free um, pretty easily. Frank Johnson, I got Steve Johnson, which was amazing. That's probably the biggest win of the set. He signed the card that's not even a picture of him. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's 20 or 30 very easy guys on there um, who just kind of sign everything. They even write a nice note and stuff like that. So I'd say 40% through TTM. Have you, uh, do you write something special in, in the, uh, the letter that you request to sending out? Are you sending out money to these guys? Uh, what, what's led you to uh, your success, do you think? Most, yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, I make it really personal because I am interested in these guys. I, I start to research them and learn about them and what they did in the NBA. And I write a nice note about what I'm doing, you know, and um, in some cases I include money, in some cases I don't. I'd say like half the time. For the more difficult ones, yeah, I'll throw some cash in there or um, or a check or something like that and just, just to get them over the hump for their time. And that's very effective, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's just a nice note, like genuine handwritten, like, you know, I, you know, th this was something really cool I found out about you. I even asked them things like, you know, is there a player right now that you compare yourself to? Because I'm interested in that. And the responses are like super fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a pretty good approach. Some of them, I've, I find their emails and I just email them, you know, and then then we I send them the card. Have you lost any cards uh, that haven't come back that you had to go uh, replace? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. So, you know, um, there are some just total shots in the dark that I've, I've tried and, you know, they, they don't come back like. The, the one really tough guy who's sort of a recluse is uh, Andrew Tony, and I've tried him a couple of times with no no luck yet. So he hasn't done it. He hasn't done any signings. He's not a, he's not a signer at all. No, not at all. He's uh, he lives in a gated community, and he is very closed off. Um, I I know somebody who chased after him through Dr. J, and Dr. J was like, he's never going to sign. <laughs> Don't even bother. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Other than like finding him at the grocery store or something like that in a good mood, I don't think you're going to get him. Have so I'll you, have to buy that one. Have, did you have to pay for the Larry Birds and, and uh, you know, Charles Barkley's and, and those type of guys, Dr. J? Yeah. So the other, like I've probably done 25% through paid signings. So, mm -hmm. you know, I sent to like Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, Dr. J, you know, Bernard, um, Bernard King. There's a lot of guys who signed for 50 bucks, hundred bucks or whatever. So I send them the card that way. That's great. I bought the Larry Bird because um, it was just easier. But I mean, he does signings three or four times a year. Some have been in person. Again, I have Celtic season tickets. So Cedric Maxwell does our radio and he's a really cool guy. Just walked right up to him, asked him to sign it. And it was great because the card was a PSA 7 like on the card and the auto was nice. So that worked out really well. Um, and then, yeah, the rest are kind of through the mail. Now, I, I noticed that you send, once you get the card signed, you're sending it off to get certified by PSA. Um, yeah. how, how has that been dealing with PSA and their backlog? And is, is, are they quicker <laughs> turning around, um, you know, 
authentication of autographs. Yeah, I mean, I've got stuff from, um, you know, early last year that's still sitting in the queue at, at the value uh, thing. But the the regular has taken about 90 days. The economy, they say 90 days, but it's, it's taking more than that for me. Um, I super express some of them because of the value. I've got those back in two weeks. You know, if you want to spend the money and really push something through, like for me, the Steve Johnson card, the value was high enough where it justified a super express. So, you know, I did it and it came back fast. Um, I think express is probably 45 days. So it's not great, but it's better than it was. Um, so that's good. We're speaking with Nick Andrews. Nick is collecting the 1986 flair basketball set autographed. Um, he has a, he's on Instagram at 1986 flair NBA. You can follow him on Instagram uh, he posts all his successes there. What what uh, cards are you down to? You said you're down to five. Which which five are you missing? Right. So yeah, I, I put no off the top of my head. So Andrew, for the living guys, uh, Andrew Tony was very tough. Um, I'm probably going to have to buy that from somebody or make a trade. Um, then I've got John Bagley, who's very very tough as well. Um, I, you know, I've tried him TTM a couple of times. I. I've keep upping the amount <laughs> I'm giving him in the check, but he hasn't noticed yet. Um, how about then, through, uh, how, how about through Boston college or even the Celtics? So you haven't had, had any luck with them. Yeah. I, that's another angle I might try. I mean, he's not too far away in Connecticut and he does uh, coach a basketball team. So I'm thinking like, maybe I'll just go attend a game and beg, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Um, and then we've got MJ, obviously, but I'm kind of ready to roll with that. Um, there's an auction coming up that there's an MJ card in that I want, and I will probably spend enough to get it because <laughs> I, I I just want to knock that one out and get it over with. Um, it's not it's not hard. It's just expensive, right? Right. Um, and then uh, for so that's three the three living guys, and then I've got two deceased guys left: um, Mike Mitchell um which is probably well and dan roundfeld those, those two are very difficult um i have no leads on mike mitchell i know a couple people who have roundfeld um but uh yeah it's hard when did they did they pass away were they alive long enough to uh, sign some of the cards yeah there's a psa population of like nine or ten for each of those I'm not sure about beckett but i'm sure it's similar you know there's probably 20 of them in existence and then there's probably another 10 sitting in attics somewhere. If you can find the right person, that's kind of what I've found with these. Um, you know, I'll talk to old TTM guys and, you know, one guy had a Dennis Johnson for me. It was amazing. It's a beautiful card. And I'm obviously a big DJ fan because I'm a Celtics guy. And, um, you know, it was never, it just sat in his attic for a long time. And now it's off of PSA and I'll have it, which is great. So how much do you have invested in it? And how much do you think, uh, are you going to, flip this when when you're done with it or are you going to hold on to it for your kids is it something that you're looking to to um you know yeah, no, i'm to? gonna i'm going to yeah bank vault this for like 20 years probably so i i am i mean considering i'm down to five i'm including grading fees um and everything like including all in probably 40k um which i think is very efficient you know the mj is going to cost me some money but um the set with stickers, you know, sold uh, for 225. Um, the stickers are not going to be difficult to put together. They all do private signings. Um, so, you know, I imagine I can probably put this thing together for, you know, 80, 90 grand, something like that. And it's probably worth 
200 right away right now. And then, you know, you've got this high inflation environment where scarce assets like this will perform well because um, they're not correlated with stocks and bonds. So I'll just hold it. And it's my son's basically, you know, he'll, he'll have it. He can do whatever he wants with it, you know, when I'm gone and we'll take it out of the bank vault once a year or something like that to look at him. Now I've seen them get your cards, get authenticated. Are you getting them authenticated and graded as well, or just authenticated? Depends on the card. You know, sometimes it comes back bent or beat up and then obviously there's no point in grading it. And I just grade the signature. Um, but I will slab all of them um, and they will all be Beckett or PSA. Um, the SGC cards, I've had a couple, I've just crossed them at PSA. I'd rather have it be the top two guys and, you know, be really official. Was there, I, I know there's a bunch of guys that have passed away, you know, you know Manute Bowl and I'm looking at the list and Wayne Cooper and some of these other guys. Were these guys difficult to get or were there a lot of them out there? Yeah, some of them were more difficult than others. You know, Dawkins is pretty easy. There's a bunch of a bunch of his out there. Bowl's a little trickier. Um, all of these, I mean, there's a finite supply. There's 10 to 12 of them, you know, slabbed. So uh, it's hard. Wayne Cooper signed very generously up until his passing last month. Uh, so there's a lot of his. Mark Eaton was sort of the same way. He signed yep. very generously through TTM. Um, so that's not difficult. But then, you know, you've got the Mel Turpins of the world and the Derek Smiths and, and those guys are very tough. And it's just, it's all about networking and trading and um, just getting out there. So people who have them in their attics, you know, I can find them and if they're willing to sell them, I'll buy them. Now, um, yeah, I mean, you're, are you going to do the, the stickers as well? I, I said no at first. But now I'm kind of sad because I'm coming to the end of the project yep. and I've only got five left. I, I can't imagine it's going to take me too long to get the next five. Um, so I think I will. I mean, I, I've got the Kareem sticker signed with his full signature, a really nice one. Um, I just sent to Adrian Dantley and there's only like nine more and all those guys sign two or three times a year. I mean, the tough one will be Ewing. Um, he only did that signing with Steiner you know, a few years back and that's it. So it's a very limited supply. He does not sign anything. Um, so that that's probably the toughest sticker. And then MJ, you know, you can get it, but it's obviously just going to cost a lot of money. Did you, do you get an autograph on the uh, checklist as well? Card number 132. Did you get autograph on that? Yeah. So I did two things there. I've got the stern one, which is awesome. But I also wrote to uh, Joey Crawford, who was the ref for all the finals in the eighties, you know, and I got him to, if you could see on my Instagram, he, he signed it and then he inscribed uh, 85, 86 finals ref. And I actually like that one even more than the Stern. It's just so cool because he was like there officiating these guys. Um, and, you know, he signed for free through TTM. It was awesome. Have, um, when you write any of the players and you tell them what you're doing, are they um, interested in, in where you are and you think they've been more, more helpful? Yeah, I think it helps, right? Like, with TTM, you got to make it kind of fun. Like I cut out pictures of them and put it on the envelope so it doesn't just get thrown out. You know, like you, you it's, it's a nice note. You tell them what you're doing. It's more personal, right? Instead of just like, hi, my name's Nick and I want your autograph. Sincerely, Nick. You know, yeah. it's like, you got to have a little bit of something for them to read. I mean, they're all retired. So it's not like they're busy playing games every other day. Like they'll, they will probably, if they open it, they'll probably read it. And, and it has been cool for me to like learn about the stories of these guys um, and just like, just having a little bit of a back and forth with them. It's been, it's been fun. No, I'm a Celtic fan too. How did you get Danny Ainge? 
I had to buy that one. <laughs> he's Although tough, right? He, he's, a, he, he's tough recently in terms of getting his autograph. Right. When he was the GM, it was easy. He's floating around. Like when I go to the games, you know, Brad Stevens, he's got his role now. He's just floating around, taking pictures of everybody. He would sign anything. Um, so that's, you know, you pretty much had to get him in that capacity. Or uh, I think he, yeah, he didn't really do public signings or anything like that. So I bought that one and called it a day. <laughs> How about Bill Walton? I bought that one too. <laughs> I, I know he's he's a pretty good signer though yeah yeah if you see him in person it's great he's just um he's not close by so i haven't really seen him i mean cedric maxwell was the easiest one because he's at every game and you know was there anybody that you um was thought was going to be easy and became difficult uh yeah you know i i think it's like overconfidence or something but i just thought i could get andrew tony somehow but um it's just a brick wall <laughs> it's like a brick wall i know his i'm pretty sure somebody else handles his mail and um there's just there's just no getting to him you know it's very tricky how about dr j did you get him through ttm or did you get him through a paid yeah signing? i got him through a paid signing that was super easy i wanted that in a really nice quality he does a great job of signing over his body so it stands out because he's got a very dark background. Um, you know, I had I wanted it inscribed too, which is tough to do through GTM. So like Hall of Fame, you know, the Hall of Fame inscription and everything. Yep. So I got that and um, that was nice. Same thing was, it was the same actual event too. I got him and Spud Webb. How about Patrick Ewing? How was he? Was he through that signing? I had to buy that one um, slabbed, but it was, they all come from that one signing that he did. And he never yeah. signed in person in the 80s and does not sign now. So that's about as finite a supply as someone who's deceased, in my opinion. You know, there's, they're there and he's not going to sign anymore. Do you Maybe have any favorite cards from the, from the set? And, you know, it doesn't have to be the Michael Jordan rookie card. But that's the iconic card. Yeah. Do you have a card that you really like uh, from the set? Yeah, there's, there's two cards that I love. Um, one, it's the, it's the glitch, right? The Steve Johnson card that's got a picture of Dave Greenwood. I've got that signed by Steve Johnson in a PSA 10, which is amazing. So I, that's probably my favorite card. But I also got Dave Greenwood to sign that card, the Steve Johnson card. So I've got that too. And I've got Dave Greenwood to sign his own card. So those three, it's just like such a unique, it's not an official set unless you have all those, those three variations, right? Sure. Um, and so that's like my, I just like stare at them. I'm like, I can't believe I pulled this off. So it's awesome. So what are you going to do when you finish this thing? Do you, are you just going to let out a, a exhale and, and go on to the next project or what, what's, what's on the, the agenda? I know. I think maybe I will, I think I'll do the stickers and maybe take my time with that and not do it in four months. Like I'm <laughs> doing here. Um, just kind of wait for the signings that come quarterly and all that. And then when it's done. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll take some nice pictures with it, you know, whatever. Then it will go straight to the bank vault and we'll take it out. I don't know, once a year or something like that. And um, I, I don't know, maybe I'll start, maybe I'll start something more modern, like a modern set that I don't have to deal with an MJ autograph on <laughs> sure. something in the two thousands. That'd be kind of fun because especially you get into Celtics games and I can get a lot of players to sign stuff, which is, which is great too. So do you know how many complete sets uh, sign sets are out there? I don't. I mean, you could you could run the numbers. There can't be more than like 20, I would say, in existence, just from the quantity of the deceased players. You assume there's like 10 at PSA, 10 at Beckett, maybe another five in an attic. So I'd say 25 tops can actually be made. 
And um, a lot of people have the set that don't have the MJ. And then there's a lot of people with an MJ who haven't had the, you know, <laughs> like the effort to like put the set together. I know, I mean, uh, sports investor uh, daily, he bought one for 225. I think there's an, there's probably like five slabbed in existence, I would say. I've yeah, I saw, I saw, I think on It's a Card, Cards Life, that the TV show, uh, I think there was a gentleman out in California that had a, a complete set. And I don't think yeah. he was selling it, but I know, I think they did a feature on him. Right. Were they slabbed or were they raw? They were slabbed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know somebody who has a, a raw set. Um, he's on the 1986 Fleer Facebook group. Um, he just hasn't had them slabbed. So I'm going to say five-ish probably slabbed exist. I could be wrong. There could be like three. Um, so it'll be nice. It's definitely a scarce asset. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. I've seen a couple people that are uh, kind of like you and st either started collecting or in the, the midst of collecting. And I know you're there's a couple group, groups out there, um, but it seems like, you know, the, the, the way you are, you're you're at that point where these guys are, you know, few and far between and a couple of them that aren't that are no longer with us. It's you know, I'm collecting the 1978 Topps baseball set. And I've got probably, I don't know, 400 to 450. And I'm to the point where it's, you know, it's Thurman Munson, Lyman Bostock, and all, all these guys that no longer sign or aren't with us anymore. You know, it's just, it, yeah, you, hit I mean, a, you hit a wall. Not much you can do with the deceased guys, right? So no, I'm glad that I've got 13 out of 15 of the deceased uh, guys. And if I've come this far, I feel like I just try a little harder, network a little more and, and find somebody who has them, you know? Well, why don't you let people know the five cards you're looking for and uh, how they can get a hold of you and reach out to you if they do have it or they know how, know how, how to locate one. Sure, yeah. So MJ, I will get at auction, so we don't need to worry about that. But I, uh, John Bagley would be awesome. Andrew Tony would be awesome. Dan Roundfeld and Mike Mitchell. Those are the five. And if you want to get in touch with me, my Instagram is 1986FLEARNBA. That's probably the easiest. Just shoot me a message on there. Um, and uh, yeah, I will, I will pay well. Yeah, but Nick, <laughs> Nick has a finders fee, guys. So if you, you can find any yes. of the cards that he's looking for to help finish his set, it's, we're talking the 1986 Flair basketball set. He needs uh, five cards to finish it. That's it, uh, including Michael Jordan. He's, he's going to get that one way or another. Again, we're talking with Nick Andrews. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you, Nick. Nick is on Instagram at 1986FlairNBA. He's on Facebook group, right? You're in a Facebook group, the 1986 Flair. Yeah, yeah. There's a private Facebook group with about 10,000 people. So, so, so check it out, Nick. Keep us posted. Let us know uh, when when you get this thing done. It's been real quick. I, I'm surprised it it, it 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 hasn't taken you that long. You're you're certainly a completist, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't like to start things I can't finish. So, uh, it, yeah, I will finish this. Well, I wish wish you the best of luck, and, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Take care. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Nick. Well, that was kind of cool, Drew. Don't you think? I mean, Nick started collecting the, the, the 1986 Flair set. Uh, he got it in, I think, December. And now he's already down to like, you know, like four cards to get have the whole thing autographed, which is unbelievable. That That's like that's Drew Pelto work. <laughs> I was like hearing from other set collectors out there because I mean, every I've mentioned before, I do a lot of set collecting there myself, too. So it's always really cool just seeing what projects other people are working on, how far they've gotten on them. And in his case, just how quickly all that came along. Because, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, you know, only like, what, what 132 cards. But those are 132 big name players in there. I mean, I don't have any 86 Fleer basketball cards signed. I don't even have any 86 Fleer basketball cards unsigned even in my collection. So that's such a 
high-end kind of iconic set right there across the whole board. So for someone to be able to collect that far into the entire set autograph, that is amazing right there. So well done on him. Yep. So in, in 86, I graduated college in, in 87. So I was kind of, um, I was in and out of cards, if you know what I mean, especially during, during the winter, I was more interested in drinking and meeting girls than, than <laughs> and, and studying, right? If my mom oh, was course, saying, and I was course. studying mom, I was studying all the time yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not so much into collecting cards, but my brother who's four years younger than me, he was really into collecting cards and he loved basketball and he, he bought all the star um, factory ones, the sets that used to get oh, yeah. you had to order the whole team set through the mail. Yep. So him and his buddy ordered those plus he used to buy flare basketball cards all the time because 86 that was the first year that they came out and there was no basketball cards for a few years before that and he was a huge basketball well anyway he had boxes and boxes of these these 86 flares uh you know open but he, he just had them all and uh when i was away uh when i when i had, I had already i moved out of the house already and um he was in college and one summer he came home and he sold all his cards to a friend of ours who had a card store, like Ooh. in back in the like whatever it would have been the early nineties. Yeah, you know when these things weren't worth anything. Yep, had no idea. He, he probably had five Michael Jordan rookies. All you know, he had multiples of everything, and he just sold it all. And uh, so now he doesn't, you know, he he doesn't collect cards anymore. So I'll he'll, every once in a while I'll tell him, or he'll be over the house, and I'll go, "You see that card right there." That's worth uh, eight thousand dollars. He said, "Well, I had five of them, and and then, you know he had all these cards that he just gave. He, he basically gave them away, you know, to to a guy to to sell in his store. But you know he's getting two dollars for the for this card and ten dollars. You know, if he got ten dollars for his Michael Jordan rookie cards in nineteen ninety one, you know he got a lot of money because they no one no one wanted them then. Yeah, I mean they were just kind of just starting to get noticed a bit there, but. Oh man, that's well, I mean, and that was, I mean, before grading was a thing either. So, you know, yep. nobody was, there's like, okay, well, this one looks like it's going to be in really good shape. So I'll give you a little bit more for that. But yeah, I mean, there was no certification process behind all that kind of stuff. So, oh man, but it, it hurts me. It, yeah. it hurts me every, yeah. every time I think about it. Well, we're going to, that, that, that wraps up our, our interview. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Nick Will and Nick Andrews. Uh, we're going to go right into our contest. <laughs> Drum roll, please, guys. We got a winner, 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 winner. Look at Bruce doing a drum roll and everything. He's a professional drummer, too. He died. I told you he's a Renaissance man. The winner of our Artist Gilmore uh, book, it's called Here Comes the A Train. It's available on Amazon. It is a really fine book talking about Artist Gilmore's career. Well, the winner is Andrew Williams. Andrew Williams, of course, is a longtime listener. I think he's won one or two things, and uh, he got lucky this time. Can't win them all, Andrew, but you do you do okay. So congratulations to the new Artist Gilmore book. I actually dropped it in the mail to you yesterday, so you should have it in a couple of days. Uh, congratulations, and thank you for entering. Drew, how do people reach out and, and uh, send, send us a, a message on email? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. You can also send us a text. At 978-729-0662. Well, that wraps up uh, our contest for the week. We're going to go right into Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. 
Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade this summer for you, what's been going on in the grading community? We, we mentioned this last week, but uh, it's kind of still in the news. Um, CSG, our friends at CSG, have a, are introducing a perfect 10 label. So uh, the CSG is thrilled to unveil its new, uh, all new reserve exclusively for the best of the best. It's called the CSG Perfect 10. The bold, fully embossed label features an eye-catching lustrous gold Perfect 10 that distinguishes the high caliber card that have earned the coveted grade. The perfect holder meets the perfect label. So a perfect 10 card is a card that receives a, a gem mint 10 in all four grading criteria, which is centering, corners, edge, and surface, all being 10. The quad 10 is the best a card can be and is flawless under 10 times magnification. So for a card uh, that gets a perfect 10 grade, CDSG provides complimentary quad 10 subgrades on the back of the labels, which underscores the card's impeccable condition. So congratulations, CSG, on uh, this Perfect 10 label. It's really cool. I've seen it. They've, uh, you know, they have a new label. They have new grading criteria. And uh, they've, they've come a long way in, in little over a year for grading cards. Um, Drew, I don't know if I ever, I have any Perfect 10 cards, but uh, it'd be nice to get one. It would. The closest I've had, I had a 9.5 by Beckett at one point that had two 10 subgrades. But uh, yeah, they have not had a, uh, haven't had any perfect tens just yet. Yeah, I mean, the card basically has to be in the pack, hermetically sealed, open with gloves, <laughs> right? Yep, yep. It's, uh, I, you know, it's great. It, it, it's great. And, and if, you know, shooting for perfect tens deserves to be uh, recognized and CSG has done that with this new Perfect 10 label. Well, I just want to remind everybody, everyone about our friends at Diamond Service Grading. That's DSG Grading, dsggrading.com. They've been with us for a while as a sponsor. They are a great company out of uh, San Francisco area. They uh, have been grading for mo a little more than a year across the country. And uh, what they do is they, they're offering a $5 coupon exclusively to TTM Cast listeners. The coupon code, which is 4-H-M-U-D-G-T-Z-G. Once again, 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. Don't worry if you didn't write it down. It's available on our website. When you submit your card to DSG at dsggrading.com, uh, for standard submissions, it's $30. So they do it for $25. They give you $5 off each card. It doesn't matter if it's one card, 10 cards, 100 cards. They'll give you the $5 off each uh, card. They have cool things. They have an ER, uh, era labels that you can choose from. Their QR code on the label, you scan it and it gives you the details of why your card got the card it got. Um, they have all sorts of cool stuff. They also have a next day turnaround for more money. You can basically send a card to them on Monday and you'll you'll have it uh, probably by Wednesday. It's really a, a cool deal. So check them out. Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Next up is TTMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Drew, you want to do yours? Cause mine's going to be a little back and forth. Okay. Yeah. I can go with mine first. So uh, for any of you out there that are big book buyers, readers, anything like that, my stamp of approval this week goes to the website thriftbooks.com. It's a great site for buying used books. 
Uh, the big thing that I like about it is not only are you getting the books at a discount, but usually in pretty darn good quality and better than the quality they list on the site even. It'll say, you know, good, and it's going to be like, oh, this is definitely more than good. This might say acceptable. It's like, I don't see anything wrong with this, but highly recommended. Check them out. Great spot, great place to buy any used books. Um, they offer free shipping if you make a purchase of, I believe, $10 more. That's very easy to do, and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't all have to be from one same person either. It's from, you could buy from, you know, multiple dealers on there. Buy at least $10, $15, whatever it is, and you're getting free shipping. And so uh, this past week, I picked up a few books that I had been looking at for a while. I know Jeff and I had our uh, little debate last week that unfortunately got uh, erased over this one, but the Bob's Burgers cookbook right there. Boo! Ah, Boo! The worst show on TV. Boo! Ah. (laughs) The thing I like about it, though, is it's real recipes for joke burgers it has. So it's like it's a regular cookbook based off of some of the burgers that get like mentioned on the uh, whiteboard or chalkboard or whatever it is on the show there. And we haven't gotten a chance to try them out yet. We were going to make one this past week and realized that our grocery shipment came up short of very important ingredients. So uh, we had to skip it, but we'll be trying those out pretty soon. Looks pretty well, good. Well, you know what, you know what, Drew? You and I could probably be married because we like about 95% of the same stuff. We, we always <laughs> agree on stuff and, you know, we're, we're, it's not planned that way. We just kind of have the same, we, we look at it collecting the same way, yeah, but yeah. We, we can't love like everything the same. That would just exactly. be wrong. So yeah. guys, we're going to, Bob the Burger is coming out with a movie in a month, I think. And I can't believe it. It could be the worst show on TV. So I, <laughs> Fox I has done it. worse on cartoons before. I mean, the Cleveland show was terrible. Alan Gregory was the worst show on TV. Unfortunately, only last one season there, but it's, I mean, well, if you haven't seen, like classics... seen that other show that, um, what's it called? The, the space show that Seth, Seth MacFarlane came out with. That's the live one. It's not the, it's not the uh, cartoon show. I haven't that, seen that. No, that could be as bad, but, uh, all right. I, I just don't get Bob. I try. I give it, I gave yeah. it a try. I'm like, people love it. There must be something there. I don't get it. It got better over time. I don't get better over time. I don't get one season... giggle out of it. Yeah. The first season was bad. I mean, it was, it took a while to get into there, but, once they got around to about three seasons in or so, kind of like The Simpsons, where, I mean, seasons three through eight of The Simpsons are absolute classic TV right there. Yep. One and two, good but not great. Everything after that has been kind of, you know, slowly progressing downhill. But I, I'm hoping that I haven't seen a whole lot of the more recent seasons. But once again, it's about like seasons three through six or so of Bob's Burgers. I like those ones. But a couple of those I picked up. Michael Ruhlman's How to Saute. Michael Ruhlman is one of my favorite cooking authors. He went to my high school. His nephew was a year ahead of me at it. So Always a big fan of his stuff. And nobody can consider themselves a baseball fan without having a copy of, or at least reading a copy of the Bill James historical baseball abstract. And so I picked up a copy of that as well. I think that was like $10 right there. So that would have covered all my shipping costs anyway, right there. But grab those three and I think it was less than $20 out of pocket. So very happy to get those. And I highly recommend thriftbooks.com. Anybody who's out there looking for any books, check them out. You're guaranteed to be, uh, to be happily surprised by their selection. Very cool. You know, I love, I love books. I'm a huge book guy. So I, that's called thriftbooks.com. Drew, before we get into mine, I'm going to uh, ask you uh, a question. Cause I saw you posted on um, Twitter that you saw LeBron James play in high school. Did you, did you, you, did you see that you were in the gym that he played? I didn't see him play high school basketball. I saw him play high school football. Oh, really? Yeah. He played both uh, high school, both uh, football and basketball at St. Vincent St. Mary. And, uh, my high school used to play against St. Vincent St. Mary every year in football. They actually did play him in basketball, but I was not lucky enough to be able to get tickets for it because it was when he was a junior, I was a senior. And at that point they were already playing games in like university of Akron's gym. And uh, when they played against my school, they put out a hundred tickets for our school and said, yeah, 
raffle these off however you want to. I'm like, I'm not even going to try because there's no way I'm going to be able to get those. But just to show you how good of a player he was in football, he played wide receiver. He was on the varsity team as a freshman, even, which nobody in Ohio plays varsity as a freshman. You're always on your freshman team, and that's about it. But he's listed on the varsity team as a freshman. This is when he was a junior that I saw this game happen. He had a basketball thing going on in the morning, some AAU thing or something like that. So he didn't show up at all for the first half of this game. We're up 12 nothing at halftime, two touchdowns, uh, had the extra point blocked on the first one, missed the two-point try on the second one. So 12 nothing at halftime. LeBron shows up, comes in at wide receiver. We put our two best corners both covering him. One's this absolute speedster. One was a great technique guy, but he towered over both of them. Oh, sure. He, he caught six passes for 132 yards and two touchdowns, and they beat us uh, 28 to 12. We, they just completely shut us out in the second half, and he scores two of their four touchdowns. And, I mean, having our two best defenders on him, that, of course, opened up all the other guys there, too, and he still lights us up for, you know, what is that, 21 yards a catch right there as yeah. well. But he was that just an amazing been, that athlete there. Something. It was, and, I mean, by the time he was a sophomore, it was the first time I had heard that uh, – heard his name come up and they were saying, Oh yeah, this kid is going to be uh he's going to be the, ne- they're talking about him being, you know, the next big thing in basketball. And this guy's, you know, he's going to be the the next Michael Jordan and all that. And this is actually, that was when he was a freshman. They were talking about that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to keep a, keep an ear out for him. And then his sophomore year, it's like, okay. Yeah. And then his junior year, that's when everything started to blow up right there. And yeah, never got to see him play basketball, but I saw him play football. And I think he could have easily been a dominant pro football player as well. Well, Drew, my TTMcast stamp of approval is the NBA playoffs. I like the hockey playoffs, but this year I'm really into the NBA playoffs because the Celtics are in it. But between the four teams, um, the four guys that are kind of leading each team, we're talking about Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, and uh, Steph Curry. Which of those four do you think uh, is the best guy to collect? Out of those four, I have to go with your Celtic there, Jason Tatum. I think his uh, stuff has the best potential for still having some ceiling room in, uh, in terms of growth. When it comes to a guy like Jimmy Butler, he's been around for, what, 10 years now or so? I don't know if there's yeah. that much of a ceiling there for him. Doncic, I think, has peaked, and he's, I mean, he's still got a lot of, ahead of him in his career. When it comes to card values, I don't know if there's that much ahead of him. Same thing goes with Curry. He's been around for a long time. His stuff is already very high. I think Tatum has the best room for uh, an increase and an improvement in there. And I want to throw my dark horse in there from Miami, Bam Adebayo. Mostly because yeah, I'm he's sitting good, on his... but He's good, but he hasn't captured the, 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 the country's attention or the collecting world attention, you know? I'm sitting on his prism rookie right now. So that's why it's like, I'd like to see something big out of him and see that thing skyrocket. So uh, get it on the ground floor of that with me. Uh, hopefully that's going to turn out well, but... I got to say, out of those four, Jason Tatum, has got to, I think, has got to be the go-to at this point. Yeah, I picked up this rookie card at a show for 20 bucks. I thought that was a good deal. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think you can still get Luca's rookie card at a pretty good number. I don't remember how much it was, but... Yeah, it I depends think... on which one, but I mean, it's... Because, I mean, that's a great thing with some of these guys, that there's so many different price points all over the place. You might be able to find, you know, like a Hoops rookie on him for like, you know, 20, 30 bucks or so. Yeah. You might be able to find a Prism rookie for, you know, several hundred. So there's, there's all sorts of different uh, different ranges there for everyone. You know me, I love the rated rookies, the Donruss rated rookies. Yes. I think that I think those are the great the uh, in my mind that's the rookie card that I want. I don't I don't know why. Maybe because I love you know Donruss has been around for a while and the rated rookie logo is kind of cool and I'm glad they keep, still continue that. Well, that wraps up my TTM cast stamp approval. We're going to go right into the Vern Rap minute.
Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. So we just let people know who uh, passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and music uh, and entertainment. Uh, just as a service to our fellow TTMers. Uh, this week, we lost a, a few people. We lost John Alward, who was who played Dr. Donald Ansbaugh on uh, ER. Uh, he was 75 years old. Uh, Ricky Gardner, guitarist for David Bowie and Iggy Pop, uh, age 73, died this past week as well. Yeah, don't we, we're losing a lot of guys in music lately, don't you think? Yeah, definitely seems like it, yeah. Yeah, and know what's funny is these guys are... When, I just remember when I'm a kid and someone says you're 70 years old, like, boy, that's old. Now, uh, you know, I'm 56 and we, you look up and like 73 is not that far down the road and, yep. and we're losing yep. all these guys. Uh, we lost David West. David West was a relief pitcher, starting pitcher and relief pitcher for a number of teams, including the Mets, the Twins, the Phillies and the Red Sox from 1988 to 1998. He was on the Phillies team that made it to the World Series. He had brain, he had brain cancer. So, uh, very sad. He was only 57. That's something like five former Phillies that have had a brain tumor and died from it over the last uh, couple of decades or so. It's crazy how many there have been. I know Dalton was one of them, right? Darren Dalton. Was yeah, one Darren of them. Dalton, uh, Tug McGraw was another one. Yep. Um, a couple others now that I'm totally blanking on. But yeah, it's just crazy how many of those were all uh, all played for the Phillies there. Uh, one from the world of basketball, Wayne Cooper, 14-year NBA veteran with the Warriors, the Jazz, the Mavericks. Trailblazers and the Nuggets played from 78 to 92. He was age 65. And we were just mentioning uh, there about musicians, the uh, composer of uh, the music from Chariots of Fire and a, a legend in the early development of electronic music, Vangelis, the uh, Greek composer, also died this week, age 79. So, uh, yeah, several, you know, the music ones continue there. Yeah, it's very sad. Well, our condolences go out to friends and family. We are sorry for your losses. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about our TTM returns for the week. Out with the old and in with the new collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. So, Drew, I had um, a lot of returns early in the week, and then the last three or four days I've just been shut out. So maybe maybe my run, run has ended, but why don't you do yours first? Yeah, I had uh, over the last couple of weeks here, I've had a total of five that have come back in. I uh, got Keith Jackson. Great tight end for a long time for the uh, Eagles and uh, had a couple of coffee or a couple of seasons, at least with the uh, Dolphins at the end of his career. He charged a $5 fee, but got that back in about a month or thereabouts for one of my set projects. Uh, also got Craig Paquette, former infielder for the A's, the Royals and the Cardinals. Very quick turnaround on him, maybe about a week or so on that. Uh, May 9th, I got back Shannon Miller, the uh, gymnast from Team USA throughout the 90s. One of the top nice, gymnasts that's a nice one. Yeah, she's uh, been in a couple of uh, card sets. I know she's in one of those, I think it was the Upper Deck Goodwin Champions sets and a uh, Panini Americana. So I was able to mail off those. Got two for me and two for a friend of mine. Also got Jim Richer, offensive lineman from the Buffalo Bills back in their Super Bowl years. He was uh, played guard on their line there. Um, also one that a uh, very quick return and the first time I've ever TTM'd a baseball, I mailed out to Pat Gillick, who of course was the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays from their inception all the way up to about the mid-90s or so, but he was there for their two World Series wins. I had a 92 World Series ball that I was able to 
have him sign. He put his Hall of Fame year on it as well. And only a seven-day turnaround on that. So really happy to add that one in as well. Uh, one failure to cover Morton Anderson, the Hall of Fame kicker from the uh, New Orleans Saints and several other teams. Apparently his fee is $10, not $5. I mailed one card and five bucks and I got both back uh, unsigned on the card, my five bucks back too. And I look and somebody said, oh yeah, he's I think 10 bucks. I'm like, oh, okay. So we'll retry that this week. Also uh, sent out to Tom Reddington on that same card that I got Craig Paquette back on. He was a I think a third baseman and never made above double A ball, but he was on that 92 quad rookies card there with Paquette, Frank Bullock, and uh, another guy who's on Russo, something or other Russo. I'm blanking on the name there, but mailed that to Reddington to hopefully knock out the third SIG on that. I'll go to Russo after that. Mailed a few out to Japan last uh, week as well. Be talking, I think, a little bit more about that upcoming here pretty soon. Talk about some international mailing. Uh, picked up a couple purchases as well with Antoine Kelly for my Tops Heritage Miners set. And uh, Carlos Hernandez in the Tops Heritage High numbers. So uh, a couple of cards to add to that project there. And I've got a few trades that I'll hopefully have coming in next week as well that I'll talk a little bit more about once those roll in. But keeping busy right there with the trading, the buying, the TTMing, in-person stuff. So yeah, keeping busy. And uh, that's good. I mean, it keeps us with plenty to talk about here at least. Yeah, and next, next week, guys, we're going to, uh, Drew's going to give a little cl- class in session, a little seminar on how to mail to, um, other countries so we'll we'll definitely get really in-depth on that next week um thank you drew very much you i love when you get returns you always give me ideas uh, i got a bunch of returns as well i said most of them came in early in the week but i did get two yesterday one of them was a wade boggs card it's a wade boggs 19 uh, it's a 2022 tops insert with the 70 years of tops logo and bob Boggs signed it in nice blue sharpie like he always does great signature uh and I sent it along to $10 and it was less than two weeks to come back. I got a uh, Paul coffee who played tight end for the green Bay Packers. He signed it with a, his name and his number. And he did a, a bullet, uh, a, a Bible thing on it, which some of these guys do. Uh, and which strangely signed it on his 1980 tops card, which I sent to him. He sent my uh, self-addressed stamped envelope back. He used huh. his own self-addressed stamped envelope and sent my, uh, my envelope back. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So I, I got that. That was like that took about three, three or four weeks. Um, I had met I met uh, up with Brian Parrip, um, who's been on the show and he's the guy. He opens cards, uh, packs all over the place. And him and I opened a pack of 1989 um, Upper Deck looking for the, the Griffey card. He was here nice. in Boston and we opened up sit out, sit out uh, outside a restaurant. We opened up a pack and, and he said, oh, you can keep it. So he, 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 I didn't get any. Uh, Griffey card, but I got a bunch of guys. So I said, okay, you know what? I'll try to send them off and see if I can get some autographs on them. Nice. So I sent off Tommy Herr when he was with the twins on his 89 Fleer card. He signed it for me. I know Tommy's uh, charges now, but he signed it for free. I didn't send him anything. He signed that for free. And I got uh, I, probably one of the, the sure things in TTM, Frank Tanana. Of course. <laughs> Frank Tanana's shown uh, dumping a bunch of baseballs in, in a... Uh, in a milk crate when he was with the the Detroit Tigers. I think this is probably near the end of his career, right? Probably this, if it's what isn't his last year, it's probably one of his last years. But yeah, he pitched up through 93, I want to say. He pitched like a season with the Mets around then or so. But yeah, that was definitely coming up to the end. Near his end. But he was a pretty good pitcher with the Angels, Red Sox, the Tigers, and uh, a couple other teams, Rangers. Yep. And uh, he signed it and he put a uh, uh, Bible verse on it. He always does, very religious man. Um, and that, that that took less than two weeks. I got 1974 
uh, Topps basketball card from Chuck Williams. Chuck played for the Kentucky Colonels, and I love the I love getting the ABA cards. So uh, he signed it in blue sharpie that came back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I got Dave Bristol on the 1970 uh, Topps card. Is was a pilot. He was a pilot manager. I don't nice. think he ever. I don't think he ever managed a, a, a game for the Pilots because I think by '70 they went to Milwaukee, right? They did. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, sev- yeah, because it was right. It was during '70 spring training. They said uh, the team's equipment truck literally was sitting parked in Colorado after spring training. Not sure whether they're going to Milwaukee or whether they're going to Seattle. And finally said, "Okay, it's Milwaukee," and off it went. Yep. Well, he signed in a nice blue shop. You really the the autographs look great on the you know with the gray border. It's a nice card to get autographed. He signed with his name and number. And for an older gentleman, he has a very nice signature. Uh, and I think he sent it to his home. He's either in North Carolina or South Carolina, and it was a pretty quick turnaround. I sent a 1976 rookie card. I had I got it signed by Ed Otto uh, a while ago, a couple weeks ago, and I sent it to Andy Merchant, who played was a catcher for the Red Sox. He signed it. So now I've got Royce Stillman and Jerry White left. I'm hopefully, hopefully those guys sign. I don't know if they do, but I'm going to, Royce Stillman played for the Orioles. Jerry White was with the Expos. I think White signs. I'm not sure about Stillman, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to complete that one. Uh, I got Craig Colquitt from who's a punter for the Steelers for many years. And uh, I believe he was on a couple Super Bowl teams as well. Um, he signed in blue Sharpie with his number. Uh, and he's a religious man as well. I find the religious guys sign. I don't know why. They do, they, yeah. They, they, they all seem to, yeah. They'll, I mean, I think they see it because it's kind of a way to, you know, spread the word and all that by, you know, inscribing a verse on there or something like that. He's also the father of two future NFL punters as well. He had uh, Dustin and, oh God, what's the other one's name? I'm blanking on the other one's name. They both played for the Browns at different points, but yeah, yeah it's a whole punting family right there. But he's, he, he was very nice to sign that card. I got um, Dave Skaggs for uh, my 1978 Topps card. Dave, I, I looked, you know, I remember him as a catcher, but you know, he's kind of a backup catcher. And um, he, he finished his career with the, the Angels. He, I think he had three career home runs. But two interesting facts about Dave Skaggs. Dave Skaggs wore number eight when he played for the Orioles. He was the oh, last wow. player to wear number eight prior to Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Also... He appeared on the TV show Family Feud with his family. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I always, I don't know about you, but especially guys that are kind of, you know, the, the borderline guys, you know, like a, next guy I knew, I know a lot about, but this guy, I, know, I knew Dave Skaggs as a backup catcher and that's it. And I always like to look up about their career when I get a, when I get a card back from them. And that was kind of cool. I thought those are Dave Skaggs, my first 78 set. I had, somehow I didn't have him. He, he fell through the cracks, so I got yeah. I got him. And that took a while. That took a couple months. And then I got um, – you had gone to that signing a couple weeks ago, and my cards never made it to you. And I did. they yeah. did get returned. So one of the cards I had sent to you that, that I was going to have signed is the 1976 card of Toby Ara. Oh, nice. So I, I sent it off to Toby, and he signed it uh, for me. I know he's a great TTMer. And, um, you know, it was, I had I had pulled the card and it was like, I, you know, I have Toby Howard on a couple of cards and I usually I don't bother the guys if I have their autograph, but I had pulled it out for, for you. So I was like, oh, I'll send it off. And he, yeah. he signed it like less than a week, week and a half. And then my last one, this one I picked up at a uh, card store. I'd seen kind of like you, I'd seen that he was signing and uh, I didn't have a card of his. Uh, so I saw it in the in the quarter bin and I picked it up. 
um, when I was at the card store a couple weeks ago. And I'm talking about Otis Sistrunk, who played defensive tackle for the uh, Raiders, the Oakland Raiders back in the day. Ball, he, I always liked him because he was bald. He was totally bald. And us ball, ball guys got to stick together. So I, he, he, uh, I guess he was kind of a, a character in his playing days. And um, he actually started his career with the Rams, and then he went to the Raiders. And um, he, he signed a nice blue Sharpie, and I was very happy to get that back really quickly. It's, I love, I love the, the, the search and find cards and then sending them out and getting back, you know, because a lot, you know, it's, that's one of my, my biggest problems with TTMing is uh, I can't find cards. You know, my cards aren't are organized, but they're not, you know, they're not, some of them are organized by number, some of them are organized by team, some of them are in just a, a box with a bunch of, bunch of stuff. And I, I could really use, I could really use a professional organizer to just come in and organize, <laughs> help organize my cards because yeah. they're all over the place. And then they're in, you know, they're in boxes and claw in my in closets. And it's just like, so when I, when I go to it, when I go to a card show when I can pick up these cards for inexpensive and then send them off, I just, I don't know why I really, I really like doing that. It definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's always fun. I will say organizing it. The best thing you can possibly do is just, you know, break it up do a couple thousand a day or something like that and just, you know, knock it out, just, you know, sit down in the living room, put on whatever is on the TV and stuff, sort in front of the TV for a while, just knock out a box, lather, rinse, repeat until it all gets done. That's what I had to do. It took me a few months, but I have all my stuff finally broken down by sport and then alphabetical by player. And it is probably the smartest thing I've ever done in collecting because if I didn't do that, I would take, you know, five times as long as I do to prepare for any kind of in-person outing or any bulk TTMing. I know I'm going to, I think that's going to be my project for this winter. You know, I, 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 I went not when the summer, when the weather's nice, you want to go outside. So exactly. I think that my project for the winter is going to try to be a little, little more organized because it's very, very frustrating, especially I'm sure you have the problem too. Is like, you see a guy that's signing and like you pick out one or two cards that you send him. And then like two weeks later, you throw one, uh, thumbing through cards and you're like shit i could have i should have there's another card i could have sent out and then i yep i'm i don't like bothering the guys you know i think one time is enough and i you know i try to do it once a year if it, if it's somebody that's a repeat like toby Hare, i've, I've gotten a couple times and frank tanan is the same way and tommy her you know I, i've gotten those guys before but um if i see a card that i think that that i'd like to add to the collection that to get autographed um i will do it but i try to separate you know, at least have a year separation. And I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be total new pain in the butt, you know? Exactly. I mean, mine, I, I shorten my distance down a little bit to about six months or so, but I try to keep it about a year or so. And yeah, it's pretty rare though that I only like, I mean, a guy like uh, Andre Thornton, for example, I mean, he's a Cleveland legend. So I've mailed to him probably like four times, but this is across, you know, the span of like 10 years now, 10 plus years, closer to 15 even. But yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I try not to bother him too much or anything like that. If I get my you know, four cards and requests done, I'm probably good for quite a while on them. But once in a while, though, you dig through, you go, oh, crap, I forgot he was in that set. Or, oh, geez, I'd never seen this one before. And it's like, well, all right, we'll go ahead and crank another one out. Yeah. Then. So, yep. <laughs> I know. Well, that wraps up our returns to the week. I haven't been uh, too doing too diligently in terms of getting out my request. So I'm going to do, I think this weekend and, and into the beginning of next week, I'll, I'll do a bunch. But, um, when we return, we're going to have our, 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 our interview segment. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. 
So, Drew, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ray Schulte from the National. He's the director of communications from the National. And, uh, you know, National is coming up in uh, 70 something days now, a couple, two months away. And I thought it'd be a good time to talk to Ray about what's going to happen at the National, some of the surprises and some of the things he has in store. So, uh, please enjoy my interview with Ray Schulte. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. Out with the old and in with the new collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. Joining the show from his offices in Arizona is Ray Schulte the director of communication of the National Sports Collectors Convention. We call it the National. And uh, Ray has been working diligently to get this new sh the show up and running. And we're going to talk about what's going what's going to happen in the show and, and some exciting things that are going on in the hobby. So welcome to the program, Ray. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Welcome, Ray. Ray, you know what? I was kind of just thinking last time we spoke was kind of right before the Chicago show, and we were still kind of in flux right we weren't sure if that was going to happen or not and the year before we lost the, the atlantic uh, city show because of uh covid and then you know chicago went off and this year must be kind of a little return to normalcy for you uh yeah it, it has uh, except that it's above even our expectations so you know it's uh you know yeah the last few years have been really challenging there's no question about that uh, fortunately, you know, the hobby uh, thrived and, and, uh, and, and took off. Uh, so from that perspective, it was great. Um, but, you know, people wanted to see each other. People wanted to, you know, to network. People wanted to, to have fun. And, and so last year in Chicago, I think, you know, that was, uh, that was prominent. I mean, one of our best shows ever. And, uh, and so with the momentum after Chicago, and we knew that uh, Atlantic City was going to be huge, and, and it's, it's turning out to be. Well, the 42nd National uh, Sports Collectors Convention is July 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City at the Atlantic City Convention Center. It's a great locale, um, close to Boston and Philly and New York, and uh, kind of gives it an East Coast feel uh, as opposed to some of the other shows, don't you think? Yeah, well, we, we understand and we realize that, you know, the Northeast is rich in, in sports tradition, you know, both, uh, you know, both on the field and from a collectivist perspective. So, you know, we're excited about that. You know, when I go out and market and, and look at uh, mainstream media, I'm looking at New York, I'm looking at New Jersey, I'm looking at uh, Philadelphia. So, you know, there's a widespread and, and very diversified. So it, it really lends uh, to what we're trying to accomplish. And, and, you know, Atlantic City, you know, the people in Atlantic City, the convention people, the, you know, the, the city, the city council and all that, they've been great to work with. So it's, it's been like one of those perfect waves that, uh, that, uh, you know, hopefully cross our fingers, you know, nothing will, will get in our way from now until uh, July 27th. Do you envision having some uh, more national exposure, media exposure, because it's closer to the media center, like New York City and Washington, um, you know, uh, attending the show and putting the spotlight on the hobby? Absolutely. You know, we, we experienced that back in 2016 when we were, we were there in Atlantic City. And, you know, we had a lot of the, you know, high profile um, uh, media people and reporters and on-air people uh, attend. And so we got a, a lot of great exposure there. 
having said that, since that time, and with the, with the surge in the industry and all that, and the curiosity from a lot of people from mainstream wanting to know what's going on with these trading cards, you know, they yep. they 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 kind of have that curiosity, but also too, we're finding out that a lot of people are coming back into the collecting you know category. You know, a lot of people that maybe collected as a kid left it for a few years. Now the trading cards taken off, memorabilia is taken off. You know, they want to get back into it. And we saw that in Chicago, um, where most of the interviews that I did were people that, you know, hey, they, whether they're a doctor, lawyer, um, you know, wh whatever, they, they were now excited to be back into the collecting category. So, you know, we're going off that momentum. And, you know, we did a survey uh, at the National in, in Chicago. And for everybody who bought tickets online, we asked them, how many, how many nationals have you intended in the past? And let's say about 65% of them said that this was the first one. Now that's pretty significant, extremely significant um, to where we're growing the industry. And a lot of people say, well, you know, are you gonna max out? I personally think there's such a huge upside in the collectible industry, it's a billion trillion dollar industry we have a tremendous amount of opportunity going forward. And I think with Atlantic City, uh, and, you, and you see that, Jeff, you know this, um, you know, throughout the country, a lot of local shows are popping up, regional shows are popping up uh, all over the place. And, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing because we as a national, we like that because it's bringing more people under the umbrella, under the fold in terms of the, the collecting category. So we're excited about that. But so that's why, well, that's why we're so excited about Atlantic City, because all this is coming together uh, at the same time or in a, in a, in a fashion where you know, we're, we're going to be able to benefit from it on July 27th through July 31st. And in terms of the exhibit space, uh, where does it, Atlantic City uh, lie? Is it closer to Chicago? Is it closer to Cleveland? Uh, you know, how, are we expecting more vendors that can we expect more vendors at the national this year? You know, where, how much space is available in Atlantic well, City based the other, the other places? Well, just like in Chicago, we have 400,000 square feet on the main floor. And uh, so we actually, we sold out after Chicago for Atlantic City. So we have a waiting list of over 100 exhibitors that want to get into the national and Atlantic City. So. From that, from that perspective, you know, it, it couldn't get any better. Um, but having said that, you know, we, we wanna try to get as many people into the national as possible because we understand what an experience of it is as an exhibitor. You know, it's, it's one thing for a, a sports fan to come in or a collector to come in and enjoy the national, but we also look at the, the, a lot of these exhibitors like, you know, they enjoy coming to the national. You know, it's everything to them in terms of, you know, their, your annual Mecca. So we, we want to try to get as many, many people into that. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we only have limited space. And, and the question is, well, can we go to like a second floor or that? That's never been, um, never been in the planning stages for us. You know, we just don't feel like a second floor would, would work in terms of the, the dynamics and the logistics and everything else that goes on to make that uh, a great experience. 
We're speaking with Ray Schulte. Ray is uh, Director of Communications for the National, it's the National Sports Collectors Convention, which is going to be the 42nd National Sports Collectors Convention, July 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Atlantic City Convention Center. Ray, do you see the, um, the vendor mix change for, from years past? Are we seeing a lot of the new newer companies in there, technology companies and the such, um, as opposed to years past? That's a great question. Uh, the answer is yes, absolutely. You know, we've seen that, um, you know, in Chicago and we see, we're seeing that in terms of, you know, the companies that are signed up for, for Atlantic City. You know, the, the industry is transitioning, it's evolving. And with that um, comes a lot of uh, technology and a lot of uh, new people into the industry. And, and, you know, I see that a lot from social media uh, where we get, uh, we get not only the new industries, but we get international uh, uh, you know, involvement as well. So we're seeing it from, from all the above and it's a good thing. It's a great thing for the industry uh, because you know, it, it, it shows you know, how, how many people and how we, as, as like when I call us the industry, you know, it's, it's a, a go-to spot in terms of, you know, um, not only from a, a financial standpoint, but from a, you know, a, a fun experience, uh, a memorable experience. And, and I, I see that all the time on, on the floor too. With a, you know, within the last couple of years, we've seen more of a, you know, not only a you know, dad and a son, but we see the dad, the mother, uh, the sister, the grandmother, the grandfather, uh, and, and, and that's kind of really exciting. So to answer your question, yeah, all, all, these, in, in all these industries, all the uh, companies that are coming into the industry for the first time, um, bring an excitement, bring a, a curiosity, bring a newness that we're now, now the whole family is interested, the whole family is excited about coming in and participating. And I have to say, our manufacturers, our trading card manufacturers, you know, they live up to it. In other words, when, 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 they, when the kids come in, uh, even the, the, the mothers and the daughters, they're prepared for that and they're ready for that. And they're, and they're so accommodating and so, so out in terms of you know, wanting to, to, to make their experience the best they've ever had. So it, it's, it, it's, it's a good time. And I think we're in a position where, you know, we can even grow the industry more uh, in, in and within um, Atlantic City. Based on uh, early ticket sales, and we're, we're still two months away from the show, um, are you expecting record numbers for attendees? Well, it depends on how you define record numbers. I mean, I think, you know, well, I don't know if we'll ever surpass our first show in 1980. Um, you know, that was, and, and I wasn't there, by the way. Well, actually, I was there, but I wasn't working there. Um, you know, last year in Chicago was probably our, our second best show ever in terms of attendance. Uh, and I think this could, this could, you know, buck number two. I really do. I think, uh, you know, with, with everything going on and with, with all, uh, you know, ticket sales, ticket sales have been, you know, um, the best uh, we've ever had so far, you know, uh, in, in, our, in our entire existence, pre-sales. So, you know, that's a, that's a great indicator. And, and just, you know, with everything else, you know, social media and everything else going on with all our, all the influencers and all the manufacturers, you know, uh, promoting. There's one thing I really love is that in, in past years, we've had, uh, you know, a lot of our, you know, exhibitors and manufacturers 
you know, support the event, but this year it's just gone up through the roof in terms of, you know, making sure that people come to the event, come to see them. And I love that. I mean, from a, as a content guy, I, I really love to see when, when they're out there promoting, okay, come to the national, come visit us in booth XYZ. Uh, that, that's just, uh, you know, that's just the best, best way we could ever, you know, uh, grow the industry is, is just by that constant communication promotion. Yeah, and social media is is great for the hobby, and I think it it's a, a great way for everyone to interact. And I think it, uh, I remember being at the the national last year. There was all sorts of uh, posting from the the floor, and it was it was a great. Even if you couldn't get to the show, you could at least follow what was going on at the show some, yeah. on social media. Oh, absolutely. And, and we and and I, you know, I'm on there all the time, you know, posting. So if anybody. Anybody wants to repost the fact that they're going to the national, just uh, just tag me and tag the national, tag Ray underscore Schulte, and uh, let me know what you're up to, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll repost it. Well, we have a really important date coming up, right? May 26th is a big day for in, in national lore. Why don't you let people know what's going on May 26th, and kind of it really kind of starts, starts the ball rolling uh, to get getting in the home stretch, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the exciting things uh, for us is that you know, our, our partner, TriStar, you know, par, uh, productions, you know, they've been fantastic to work with and they've been bringing in the, the high profile athletes and entertainers for the last few years. And uh, so they've started, we've started uh, posting uh, players and athletes and entertainers who are going to be attending. We do that on an ongoing basis or right up to, up to the event. Uh, but starting May 26th, Wednesday, May 26th, uh, you can actually purchase the uh, autograph tickets online um, uh, at the tristarproductions.com slash national. And uh, you can check out who's, you know, who's going to be attending at that time and then you know, purchase tickets. Um, and, and I would definitely recommend purchase, purchasing tickets in advance. I concur there. Guys, if you, you're going to the national and there's a guy that you want to get their autograph for, purchase the tickets in advance because there is it is um, a crazy it's a mob scene in a good way but it, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people and uh, it doesn't hurt to have your tickets in hand and have an early number as well to to get the autographs that you want absolutely yeah so it's a really fun thing we're speaking with ray schulte ray is director of communications for the national sports collectors convention we call it the national it is the 42nd national sports collectors convention it is july 27th through the 31st this year in atlantic city at the atlantic city convention center ray so what do you have in planned uh, that might be different or new for the for uh this year for people that are going to attending the event well, I mean, one of the things that has grown as it evolved over the years is the Mike Burka's main stage. And we do a lot of content from there. We do a lot of promotions, a lot of uh, interviews. And, you know, it's, it, it was in the past, and when we first started it, uh, you know, we we're always scurrying to get content. Now we've got so much content. So many people want to utilize the stage uh, for a half hour segment, you know, whether it's uh, to do a break, do an interview, do a new product. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the Mike Burkus uh, main stage is, is going to be electrifying this year uh, in Atlantic City. And, and one of the things we're probably going to do, we'll probably do some promotions around that. Uh, the Breakers Pavilion is going to be gangbusters again. Uh, we've got some of the top breakers in the, in the, in the world coming uh, to participate. Uh, David Gelfman uh, ripping, from Whipping Wax is, is handling that for us as, a, uh, as our vendor. 
And, uh, you know, I think, you know, from everything else that's going on, there'll be a lot of giveaways. Uh, we'll have, well, again, we'll have over 125 athletes. Um, it's going to be really exciting. And, and, you know, from what I'm hearing, uh, you know, our, our exhibitors and our, our, our partners or sponsors are really gearing up for this. They're really, you know, kind of like saying, hey, this is our, this is our mega event and, and we want to take advantage of it. So there'll be a lot of things going on. The auction houses are, are gearing up for this and doing some really cool um, on-site type auctions. And, uh, and then we have one of our, uh, one of our main auctions, uh, you know, and actually it's for a good cause, is uh, the National Sports Collectors Convention auction uh, powered by pristine auctions uh, benefiting uh, SFS, which is signatures for soldiers. And 100% of that money will be going to, um, you know, men and women who have served our country and their families uh, who are disabled. Uh, what a great cause. Uh, Tim Virgilio heads that up for SFS. And we're in the process of putting that together right now. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I, I created years ago because <clears throat> we wanted to do something to give back to the community. You know, we as an industry come in and we, they host us. And so it's one of those things where we want to say thank you. And so we've done it with, <clears throat> excuse me, we've done it with Ronald McDonald House in the past in Chicago. And uh, I just felt that it was such a great uh, opportunity and honor um, to focus in on our, our disabled men and women who served our country. So we're very excited about that. And <clears throat> that will be kicking off soon. Pay attention to uh, our Instagram account, the national Instagram account for um, when we actually officially kick that off. But uh, your support would be greatly appreciated. Yep. I, 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 we, we talk about Tim all the time. I think when I started talking with Tim, he was about at like $20,000 donated. Now he's over $145,000 donated. So I'm very, very proud of what he does. Well, it's growing. You know, I mean, last year, I think we had about 60 items um, uh, that were on on a handed platform. And now this year we're gonna have maybe 300 plus on the, on the pristine auction platform. Again, with 100% of, of the proceeds benefiting um, you know, the cause. So uh, we couldn't be happier and, and more honored and, and excited about it. Do you have anything special set up for, uh, for the kids, for the young collectors? You know, they're the lifeblood of the, the hobby to keep this thing going. Uh, do you guys have anything special set up for the, the youngsters? Well, I mean, we've always uh, had, you know, 12 years and uh, years old and under getting free all five days now. Um, we work with our manufacturers and, and we, we, you know, we, we work with them to create some, you know, opportunities. There. I'll tell you honestly, they bring it on themselves and they do such a great job that it, uh, uh, we don't necessarily have to, to be in, in like, total communication all the time they understand it, they get it. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see just as many kids uh, coming along. You know, Brody the kid is our, our child ambassador and he does a wonderful job in terms of just, you know, being relevant, uh, relevant in terms of, you know, what's going on in, 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 in and on the floor. So uh, there'll be a lot of things for, for kids and, 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 I, and I'll just stress families uh, all five days. We're speaking with Ray Schulte. Ray is 
uh, Director of Communications for the National Sports Collectors Convention. That's the national. It is the 42nd annual National Sports Collectors Convention. It's July 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City, New Jersey. If you want to learn more about the show, you go to the website, which is nsccshow.com. All the information is there, autographs, how you purchase tickets. Mm -hmm. um, Ray, why don't you let people know, you know, if they're, if they're, interested in attending the show and, and, and how they can, you know, what packages are available for them? Well, there's general admission tickets. I, I suggest you, you purchase them online. It's, it's uh, $5 cheaper if you pur purchase them online. Uh, and uh, as Jeff mentioned, uh, nsccshow.com has all that information there. Uh, so some of the VIP packages have already sold out. Uh, but any and all that information is on the website. So uh, especially with activities and the athletes gonna, who are going to be attending and signing. So um, you know, feel free to, and also a list of all the exhibitors. So if you're looking for somebody in particular, we have exhibitors coming from not only all over the country, but all over the world uh, who will be participating. And, uh, and, I, and we know that because uh, of all the, all the calls and inquiries that we've been getting over the last six months. Yeah, and guys, we recommend if you're going to the National and you want to get autographs from some of these guys, the autograph tickets are going on sale Wednesday, May 26th, and uh, I highly recommend purchasing them prior to attending the show. Um, just for you know, if someone for some reason cancels because of an illness or something, you don't want to have to worry about it. You'll get a refund. They they take care of you. Uh, so if you're gonna if you're planning on going to the national and you want to get emmett smith's autograph or dan marino's autograph or uh, there's about 125 great great high athletes there i would recommend purchasing the ticket prior to it you can just go to nsccshow.com forward slash autographs or you can just click on autographs uh information that's where you can get all the information prices and all that um yep. it's a it, it's a it's a great time there's uh you, you're gonna meet a lot of people there. Uh, Drew uh, and myself will be there. We're going to be uh, wandering around and hopefully broadcasting and uh, we'll have some, all sorts of cool giveaways. And uh, it's great to see all, all the friends at the show. Uh, Ray, I know you're busy with the national, but you also have some other shows that you're, you're working on as well. Why don't you let people know about those? Well, I, yeah, I lend my, uh, my time and, and advice to other shows. Uh, Sport Card uh, Expo up in Toronto, June 2nd. Um, they just came off a great show in Edmonton, and uh, so it should be. Uh, I was there last year for for the show, and it was again first time back, and and I think this this year will even be you know, bigger and better. Um, you know, uh, Steve Menzies does a great job up there, and uh, looking forward to seeing you know, who who's attending, and and uh, and again. Uh, go to Sport Card Expo uh, on Instagram and the website, and you can, you know, find out all the details, and and uh, and hopefully you can you can make it up to, up to Toronto. Is it different uh, doing a show up in Canada as opposed to in the, the states? Well, it's it's you know, I mean, it's the the difference is getting into Canada and getting out of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, no, I don't think so. I think you know, it's the same collector's mentality, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's more universal now, at least in my opinion, in terms of collecting and, you know, whether it's Germany, Australia, uh, uh, Korea, uh, people have it's, it's seemed to come to learn the language, you know, they, they, they understand, 
you know, yeah, they know what gem mint is. <laughs> yeah, they know what gem mint is. They, they get they get all the key phrases, right? And so, uh, um, so no, it's not it's not any different, and uh, it's it's just as exciting and, and fun. And and again, I think you know, you asked me earlier, um, you know, in terms of like some of my impressions or or experiences, you know, I I've always loved walking the floor and watching you know a dad or a son or a dad and his daughter or mom now um connect uh, over you know pieces of memorabilia you know you know I, I there's one story i tell where i was walking down and and his dad was talking to his son about a mickey mantle jersey and he was telling him how mickey mantle was his hero growing up and and his son looked at him and said no dad no dad it's aaron judge and and the, and the dad turned around and his eyes like became bulge and, and he was like oh my god it's like one of those oh my god moments right where he connected with the son and he, and he knew it and he, and he, he just treasured that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's what this is all about. You know, it's the memories and the connections. And so as long as we have that, and we always will, um, you know, collecting will thrive. So, um, and I think that's why, you know, people have come back to it. I think the pandemic put us in a position where, you know, people reverted back to memories and, and, and realized, you know, how meaningful that was and how, how exciting that was. And, and we all needed some kind of, you know, different perspective. And, and I think that just translates to now. And, and uh, you know, I think, the, you know, the, the value of the, of, the, of the properties, whether it's trading cards or memorabilia, uh, is interesting and, and, and puts a different perspective on it. So, I call I call it the perfect storm in terms of you know where we are in the industry and and uh, even more important where we can go with it. So time will tell. I mean, like you said earlier, you know everything. A lot of new companies coming into fold. A lot of new technology being introduced. Um, a lot of different things that we 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 need to gear up for and 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 look out for. But uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's very exciting, and, and people want to. People want to come to an event like this, especially in a time like this, because they want to they want to go to the mecca, the center, and find out like what is going on. You know, what is the you know the true value of this, or what is the trend, or what is you know um, the future for the industry. So it's it's really exciting, and and uh, really I'm really excited to be part of it for this year, and and uh, look forward to a really really bright future. Do you get a chance to breathe and walk the floor as a collector at all? Or are you just so focused in on making sure everyone is taken care of? Do you get do you get to walk the floor and say, oh, that's a that's a cool piece of memorabilia that I'd really like to pick up? Or is that that out of your realm right now? Uh, you know, you're funny you say that. I, I collect vintage movie posters. And so um, uh, I don't I don't really do. No, I, I, I try I, every 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 year I try to say. You know, I'm going to set, you know, an hour aside and I'm going to do this. But, you know, there's so much going on and there's so many things. And, you know, in my mindset is to maximize everything. In other words, maximize every opportunity. And Jeff, you know, there's so many, you know, different opportunities there. And I've, we've got great relationship with the exhibitors, the manufacturers, the influencers, and, and they're all wanting to, to help and promote. And so... I don't turn that down. I, I mean, if somebody says, hey, uh, I want to support you. I want to do this. Can I help you here? I, I'll say absolutely yes. I'd love that. And so to answer your question, 
No, I really don't. But, yeah, uh, I didn't think so. <laughs> but, uh, it's uh, almost—it's almost like you're—you know—you're putting on a wedding, and you're—you're you're the mother of the bride, or the father of the bride, and you got to make sure that everyone's taken care of, and everyone's getting the food. And you just—you can't have—you can't have time to enjoy enjoy a, a, an appetizer, right? You're—you really. Yeah, yeah. My son, my son tells me I, I take a lot of pictures, and um, and <laughs> and and he probably—he's probably right, but. Um, yeah, those are things. Those are memories too. And and uh, you know, looking back and 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 I I often do this. I look back and and say, well, what can we do to make it better? And and for those memories, it's you know, you get caught up in the memory. In other words, you know, it's like, oh wow, that was a great day, you know, or that was you know, great meeting this person, or that I had a great experience doing this or doing that, and and, and so you you find yourself, um, well, you know, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll plan tomorrow, you know, but it's it's just a great, you know, the National is just one of those places where, you know, I look forward to just as much as anybody else. I mean, uh, even though I don't have the time to look or seriously look, uh, I'm always going up and down the aisles, um, checking out stuff and and looking for things that I think could be newsworthy or, or exciting and, or collectors uh want to uh, want to check out so yeah that's uh, kind of like 24 7 <laughs> no i know i'm with you <laughs> we speak with ray schulte ray is um director of communications for the national it's the national sports collectors convention it is the 42nd annual national sports collectors convention it is july 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City, New Jersey, at the Atlantic City Convention Center, which is a great locale. It's, it's perfect for us, all us East Coasters. You can go to nsccshow.com and find everything you want about the National. You can purchase tickets there. You can find out autograph information, just about anything you want to know. You can also follow, uh, Ray, why don't you give the, the your social media stuff so people want to follow what's going what's gonna to happen at the National uh, on sure. social media. Sure, on Instagram, it's nsccshow at NSCC show um, and we're posting all the time. We're, uh, we're updating as, uh, as soon as we get the information. So if, if, and if you wanna, again, tag us, uh, please do so. If you're going to the national, let us know, let me know. And I will uh, I'll make it a, a point to tag you and, and uh, welcome you to um, you know, the 42nd national, so. Well, is there any like surprises you can, breaking news you can let our let our listeners know that might haven't hit, hit the airwaves yet anything we can we can learn about the national that, that it's kind of hush hush well I, i'll tell you one thing and it hasn't been announced yet um but uh trade night this this year is going to be very exciting very exciting and nice. you're not gonna you're not gonna want to miss that uh it'll be thursday night um some of our great partners will be introducing that soon um, the national is uh, is going to host it, so uh, we're excited about it. And uh, yeah, it, it, again, it's one of those things that uh, evolved, and uh, it's it's one of the to me, it's one of those things that 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 brings you know the the excitement, you know, not not just during the show, but you know, it's kind of like. After the show, I, I noticed it like in, in, in Chicago, you know, I'd come back to my hotel room and there'd be like a thousand people in the lobby. And I'm thinking, you know, at first I said, well, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're just trading. There's like trade night in, in, in the lobby. 
And so, you know, we've um, we've had a lot of co uh, communications with, uh, with with a group, and so we're excited. So, yeah, look for information about the trade night uh, in Atlantic City. It's going to be huge. Cool. Well, one other question, then I'll let you go. Um, uh, security has be become really uh, important to to uh, the hobby and authenticity. And uh, you know, there was those the the fake uh, cards in Dallas recently. Uh, is that something that's really grown in your your uh, focus lately? You know, since you've been doing uh, working with for the, with the Nationals, is that something that's really uh, grown in importance? Oh, you know, security security for the collector and, and security for the vendor. You know. Well, to answer your question, it's absolutely important. Now, there's no question about it. And for both parties, you know, for the collector and for the, and for the, uh, the, the our customers, um, you know, many people don't realize that, you know, we, we've, we've worked with undercovers. We work with, um, we work with uh, agencies in the past and, and we, we do that uh, because we, we want that, you know, uh, safety uh, perspective and, so yeah, um, one of our guys who, who heads up our operations is a former uh, New Jersey cop. And so yeah, that, that mentality is definitely ingrained in, in, in all of us and from a security standpoint, and they do a great job. Um, it's a lot of stuff you don't see. As it relates to like, um, um, you know, product and all that, you know, we have good relationships with, uh, you know, all the authenticators. We have good relationships with the, for the exhibitors. And they know that if something's not right, they can come and talk to us and we'll deal with it. And we've dealt with it in the past. We've dealt with it and uh, successfully. So uh, we've got a good relationship there, a good working relationship with our exhibitors and with, uh, you know, the, the local and regional and national uh, agencies too. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you, Ray. We're speaking with Ray Schulte. Ray Schulte joined us to talk about the Nationals, the National Sports Collectors Convention. It's the 42nd annual National Sports Collectors Convention. It's July 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City at the Atlantic City Convention Center. Go online to nsccshow.com. You can buy tickets. You can learn everything about how to what's happening in the national is a frequently asked questions section. You can find out all about the autographs and, and autograph tickets are going on sale. May 26th, May 26th, Wednesday, May 26th. That's a very important date. If you're going to the national, I highly recommend you get your tickets, autograph tickets beforehand. There's a lot of people there and it's it will save you a lot of time and a lot of headache. If you have those tickets in hand, Ray, is there anything else you want to mention about the national before I let you go? Well, just so you can buy your general admission tickets online too. Um, they're, they're, uh, they've been uh, selling for the last month. So uh, it, again, if you, it, it, I, I recommend, highly recommend you buy your tickets now online versus having to wait on the lines once you get to Atlantic City. So um, that, and you know, we're, we're excited to have everyone come down and join us. We're, uh, this is gonna be huge and we're, we're really looking forward to it and, uh, Hopefully everything is going to go, you know, um, you know uh, way of future show of uh, past shows, and and uh, we'll come out of this with uh, another another exciting opportunity to you know to grow the business, grow the industry. Yeah, we're like seventy days away, so we can't wait. We look forward to it. That means summer's here, which is always nice up here in cold New England. We're very yeah. we're looking forward to it. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it.
Well, that's true. We did it. That wraps another up another show. We're going to have no technical difficulties. I promise we're going to have Drew Pelto on the show this week. So thank you, Drew. I want to thank Ray Schulte for joining us from the National. We want to thank Nick Andrews, collector who's collecting the 1986 Flair NBA set signed. I want to congratulate Andrew Williams on winning the new book from Artist Fillmore. Here comes the A-Train. You can get that all available on uh, you on uh, Amazon, check that out. Drew, anything else you want to add? No, I think we've got everything covered pretty well. Um, doing a few games this week. Hopefully I have a lot to talk about from those. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next week's interview as well. All right, great. Well, thank you. Next week, we have Rich Carlos, kicker Rich Carlos from, uh, he played for the Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions. And he was a barefooted kicker. And we're going to talk kicking and TCMs and autographs. And Drew, I don't want to put the nail in the coffin for you on anything, but what is Rich, Rich Carlos famous for? Do you remember? He kicked the overtime game winner after Elway's drive. Supposedly, supposedly, it went through the uprights. I mean, if you look at the video, that kick was over the upright, and that should have been no good, and the Browns should have had another chance, but they don't ask me these things, so, you know, but, uh, yeah. No, he I he, brought alleged, it up. he allegedly the, kicked the game winner. That was one of the first things I asked him. That's what we, we brought, yeah. brought that up, so we talked that up about yeah. that as well so that rip that it'll be next week i want to wish everyone many happy returns we'll see you guys next week